When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For over 10 years, VOC Nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill After, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend, the Raging Bull, Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcast and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation. Yo, this is Jerry Stags of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here. You get ready to get nasty? Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty sensation is coming at you. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is... The VOC Nation Radio Network. Hello once again, everyone. It's Mike Tanay from TNA Wrestling, and welcome to In the Room. Here's Brady, Kathy, The Stroh, Jordan, and Derek. Check us out on VOCNation.com and all your favorite podcast platforms. And while you're there, be sure to check out all the other great shows that are part of the VOC Nation Radio Network. Now, of course, I say that, and we only had two shows last week. A lot of people on vacation, but we'll be getting we'll be getting some more content up there this week, I'd imagine. So be sure to check it out. And while we have you, let me introduce myself. My name is Brady Hicks. I've got with me once again the lovely Kathy Fitz. Kathy, I'm glad you could make it on tonight. Uh, we're definitely praying for your uncle. Thank you, Brady. Well, hopefully things uh, things work out okay. Uh, we also have the one and only maestro of professional wrestling. How you doing, Papa Stro? 
Oh, great to be here with you guys. You know, when yeah. I, I got to tell you, when I first heard that intro, first time a while back, the singing intro, I really yeah. thought you were singing that song. I was like, man, I'm impressed with Brady. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That was me. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Ah. They hit me up for that. I should have said the award-winning or the future award-winning Papastro Maestro. I, I hear you're, you're making towns with the movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. The Devil's Daughter. Yeah. Uh, I already won our first award, and we're submitted to the Film Festival for next year, so really excited, you know, about the possibility, so what happens uh and we have back and i'm so glad that you didn't die because i i I was ill-informed i was told that you were gone patrick and i'm so glad that you're with us we have pat hackett once again how you doing that's why you can't listen to the dirt sheets man (laughs) uh you know what really happened is is i was in syracuse new york and there was like 56 different sailors there and, uh, you know, I got a oh, no. shirt off of them, if you can see my anchors. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the rest of it was real bad. <laughs> oh, jeez. And uh, the one and only Kevin Brady joining us once again. How you doing, Kevin? I'm good, Brady, although i got to say I'm a little disappointed. You never introduced me as the lovely Kevin Brady, and for that I hurt a little bit. Well, we'll be doing that moving forward, and you, you'll be very sorry that you said that. But, uh, no. Look, I'm now, lovely, what? God damn it. <laughs> We're going to have a good show tonight. We are. Lots of uh, interesting topics. Uh, actually, I only got two of your topics, so a lot of this is going to be on the fly. Uh, but we'll have fun two anyway. Two interesting topics. Two very interesting topics. Kevin, I don't even know how to begin with yours. Uh, first of all, let me give out the number, 914-338-1885. Uh, we're going to be talking about wrestlers in Hollywood. We're going to be talking about our favorite angles as well. And we have a couple callers on the line. Real quick, I just want to go to 843 just because either way it's going to be an exciting call. It is going to be either of our South Carolina friends. We have two of them. But uh, South Carolina, you're on the line. You're on in the room. What's going on? Hey Hey there, this is Dr. John. Yeah, can you oh, hear me? Dr. John, what's going on? I thought you might have been Malcolm. How you doing, brother? I'm doing doing great. Thought I would drop in and say hello, hear you, hear Maestro, and just uh, have a great time tonight. So glad to be here with you. Thank you, man. So you obviously, uh, and I kind of announced it last week, we're kind of entering a partnership with your podcast network, which we have a long history with going to be advertising a lot of the great content on your shows. Tell us a little bit about what you guys got going on this week. Well, I'll tell you what. In about either two or three weeks, we're going to have Vinny Berry on. Vinny did the Lance by Chance book, and and it was really, really good. And he just sent me his brand-new Wrestleville Volume 1 book. Just got some great stuff from Gulf Coast Wrestling, Um, you know, something that Susan Green our buddy knows a lot about, so it's, you know. Uh, I think we've lost uh, the color. That's a big oh. bell. That's cool. What that's, happened? That's cool, man. That's nothing. I got you. Okay, so that's yeah. what we got. That's what we got going on. The amazing, the amazing velvet is back. Um, he's, okay. he's he's back for a while. Is he amazing? He's been down. He's been down. Uh, He's been down a little bit with his health, but he's he's coming back strong, so it's it's good to have him back. And, uh, you know, just a lot of great things going on with pro wrestling interviews. Check us out Sunday night, 9 p.m. 
And uh, and Brady, it's great working with you. You're a you're a one of a kind kind of guy, along with Papa Stro. You, John. you guys are you guys are one of a kind, and and thanks and and thanks for, thanks for that little intro. Love so you, I want you to get back to. Doc, Do what? Doc, before you go, we were talking Bigfoot off the air. Have you seen Bigfoot lately? Uh, the last time I saw Bigfoot was in Orangeburg, South Carolina, about eight months ago. I haven't been there since. Um, I see Bigfoot I, I quite a bit it. in uh, yeah. in Lake Mont, Georgia. Oh yeah, it's 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 it, it's kind of interesting. Uh, haven't seen any UFOs in a while. A couple of ghosts here at the house. Uh, you know that that's about that's about it. And and all that's covered on Scarycast, the, the greatest paranormal yeah, you, piece of stuff you ever seen. Yeah, so it's a lot piece of, fun. of stuff. That's it. Yeah. Really Have you ever been abducted? It's okay. It's a personal uh, thing. Hippa and everything. No, no, it, it's it's in my book. Um, eight times. <sighs> Eight times. Wow. Okay. Eight times, and I have an implant in my right arm. Eight times. That means that they that means that they went back for you seven times after the first time. What could have been yeah, so interesting I'm, about you that they would come back eight times? That's crazy. I don't know, but I don't know, but I have lost time eight times, and as I said, it's all in my book: aliens, UFOs, and anomalies. Look up in the sky. It's available on Amazon. So, you know, just check it, I'm check it read out. It. It's a lot of fun. Okay, yeah, so Brady, I'll you get had you a your book, John. I'm going to read it. Brady, I'll get you a copy. Don't worry about time. that. I've lost time in the past. Um, does that mean I've been abducted by anyone? No, no, that was alcohol. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Know, we'll, we'll, I tell you what, we'll have, we'll have yeah. to discuss that, and uh, yes, and we'll, we get the, we'll get the queen of the Bigfoots, Robin, on, and, and um, she, she'll help us out. So, no, that'd be That'd be fun to do. Let us know. Maybe I can get maybe I can get a real live Sasquatch for our video portion of it. That would be that would be fantastic. That would be I mean, the I'm most amazing there. thing, that Brady, you could ever do. That would be amazing. There's got to be a filter on here somewhere. <laughs> no, I was getting ready to tell you some towns you could go. Uh, you, you know, uh-huh. I, I'll tell you off the air, but there are a couple towns you could go and film some footage. And probably get some footage of some uh, Bigfoot. So I'll let okay. you know. I, I know I've gotten yeah, some pictures and everything. I've gotten some good pictures. So. Yeah, it's Krampus even. Yeah, it's it is Krampus. Wait a second. Hang on. Now, I have a, I have a very important question to ask here because you've said something a couple of times that's caught my ear. He's like a guest, yeah. Is the plural of Bigfoot? Yeah, Bigfoot? I was wondering that, too. It's Bigfoot. I would have thought Bigfoot. Yeah. Bigfoot? It's Bigfoot. That is actually the plural. It's singular and plural, like anyway, here. So it's not like big Automatically wrong. Anyway, Brady, I, I got a like quick question for you. Okay, okay. Brady, are you are you are you still doing ghost hunting? Uh, yeah, I am. Well, not as much as I was. I I got away from it at some point, but uh, I'm very much interested in it still. Okay, we'll talk more about that offline. That was like a that, pandemic. That, that was a pandemic hobby. Okay. I think that's safe to say, although I'm probably terrified, realistically. John, we'll definitely talk off air. I'd have to do another show with you guys for sure. Absolutely. We'll get that set up. So thanks a lot, and thanks for talking with and me. And we got to talk from to Thanksgiving. I, well, you got to – yeah. Thanks for calling on Thanksgiving, too. Sorry I wasn't able to make it. 
Oh, that's okay. But anyway, good good to talk well, to everybody. Papa Stroh, hello. Kathy, hello. Brady, hello. Hey. And I'm gonna let you get back to hey. your wrestling guest. Hey. All right, brother. It's great. Tell, All right. If you see Malcolm, tell him to call in. I miss the guy. Okay. If all right, I'll. He, he can't I'll be bothered with me anymore. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Please do. Why not? Does he text? Yeah. Well, does yeah. He really, really, he does. Yeah, he does. Does he text in all caps? That's how I'm picturing it. <laughs> I don't know. No, he he texts actually in all lowercase. Because he doesn't really care oh, about okay. the capital. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Malcolm. Malcolm doesn't doesn't give a damn. You know, he he just Malcolm. Oh, I know, I know. I I miss him. I do. Him and his brother. God bless, man. Hey, Doc. Uh, quick question. Quick yeah. question before you go. When when discussing the monster truck Bigfoot, is the plural Bigfoots or Big Feet? I think that's the one truck. Though. It's a big fleet. There were multiple big fleet. Big fleet. Yeah. The big fleet of big fleet. All right, John. I love you, brother. You just have fun. people down like that. All right, take care, Brady. And everybody else. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Take care, doctor. Okay. The good doctor. Good doctor. And if you want to be like John and join us on the air tonight, the number is 914 Three three eight eighteen eighty five. Uh let's jump into the topics. Kevin, I, I kinda wanna start by yours because I couldn't think of one G D example. So go ahead and oh. I'm hoping I'll be able to think on the fly. You couldn't? Yeah. So what I wanna know is who's what's the anti Dwayne? So like when you think of Dwayne the Ross Johnson, you think a guy that's come out and had these amazing performances in the mainstream Who's a guy that tried to do that and embarrassed himself to no end? And for hmm. me, it's one of my favorites. It's the Macho Man, Randy Savage, with his the, the entire album, but specifically the single "Be a Man," which I don't know the last time you've listened to that in its entirety, but it is available on Apple. Man, probably. I love that song. Is it really? It's on my running man. Oh, yeah. I don't run. Oh, it's a great thing. Oh, yeah. Astonishingly I embarrassing. Like, it is. It, is. it was a tough time for him. Yeah, sure. I mean, I agree, but he's got so much going against him going into it. Like, are you're not a rapper, Lenny or uh, or Randy Pop? Lenny, you know, Lenny is. <laughs> yeah, Lenny's Lenny is more of a lyricist yeah, than, than Randy was. Yeah. But, I mean, there's nothing, when I looked at the Monster Man, Randy Savage, at every point in his life, never does hip-hop artists jump out at me. But here he is, um, and, and I, you know, I guess that he felt the need to make his first debut single a, a diss track to Hulk Hogan. Okay. Did you think this was going to get picked up on mainstream radio? I, I love the interview he did after he made the album with the homies in the back. First of all, somebody, somebody told him this was a good idea, right? So it, it's not like he did this in a vacuum. Randy Savage had, you know, managers and and agents and all sorts of people in the in the entertainment industry saying, he was oh, sure, why not go for it? Yeah. You know, this is this is a good idea. And, well, and like, did he, in his mind, ever picture himself like going up to 
to deliver the Grammy Award for Best New Rap Artist alongside Jay-Z? Like, is that what he thought was going to happen? Is that what he thought be a man? Oh, my God. I'm only regret was that John Cena and Macho Man didn't do a a duet. Oh, man. Oh, that would have been amazing. John Cena, more legitimate hip-hop artist than Randy Savage. That would have been amazing. John Cena has bars. Like, he's on a, a couple of regular old albums. He's really, really good in the verses. Uh, it's a Hustler remix. Um, he's really good <laughs> yeah. in that. Uh, so Yeah, I, I love this album. Yeah. Oh, I listen to it all the time. Like, Brady, you were saying that's on your running mix. Like, that is, well, you know, obviously from what you're looking at, it's what? not my go-to-the-gym mix. Right. It's not my go-to-the-gym mix. I oh, man. A Bad, Bad Man should have been a theme song. Yes. Yeah, but he's yeah, not here, you know. No, of course, he he was the Macho Man, so doesn't he get some credit? I mean, he did Spider-Man, nope. he did Slim Jim, like, I feel like Slim yeah. Jim alone can't that out. This one. And then he's in the yeah. positive for Spider-Man. No, no, nothing cancels that out. That's so embarrassing Slim that it can't be, and by the way, that <laughs> is so embarrassing that it can't be canceled out. And I still had to say that was more embarrassing than Hulk Hogan's career, which was Jeez. what Hulk Hogan's foyer into music was One More Hulkster in Heaven, which is just the most nonsensical song ever written mm-hmm. about, <laughs> a, about a fictional yeah. child that died and wasn't going to be a SummerSlam or something. He, he managed oh to God. find rhymes for he, – he, he shoehorns the word Wembley into that song by Wembley. Uh I don't remember it's that awful. at all. Oh, no, I don't remember yeah. anything but the title. Oh, look yeah. up. This one is also available on YouTube. This one's not on Apple Music. But you can Did he wear the hard the- hat? Did he wear the hard hat from Piledriver, at least? From the Piledriver album? No, yeah. this was the okay. whole Rules album. Okay. This was, his, this was his solo effort. Yeah, this was not If You Only Knew. No. Okay. Piledriver was like a, a various artist kind of thing, if I recall. Okay, yeah. Hulk right. Rules was his solo album where he really tried to take it. But, yes, his gets canceled out by the rest of his career. Macho Man's foyer into the mainstream, you've got, you've got the bit part as Bone Saw, and you've got really the laughable Slim Jim commercials that were I don't know, but the Slim Jim keeps him in, like, That's what I people's feel. minds. People still know Macho Man and the Slim Jim. I mean, and, and the I, mean, I would argue most people know him more because of Slim Jim. Yeah, but my younger brother used to think Macho Man was hiding out the convenience store whenever he'd go buy Slim Jim. No, sure, <laughs> for sure. I look at it like if it were a VH1 behind the music documentary, uh, Be a Man Hulk would be that period when he's kind of getting bloated. It was toward the end, and it's like people all talking yeah. about how concerned they were about him. Uh, by all accounts, he was having a rough time in his life at that point. Um, I, I give him a pass. Slim Jim alone, I give him a pass. And by the way, that's the other thing. There was never an opportunity to come back from it because Be a Man was yes. so late in his yeah. run that just a couple of years later, he, he's gone. According so, to Hulk, I mean, they patched yeah, things up now. According to Hulk, they patched it up. I'm you know? Sure they did. Yeah. yeah. You know. They, they happened to run into each other at the doctor's office. Stro, you were telling us that time about when, when Savage called you in Puerto Rico. Doctor's office. This was an amazing yeah. Can you tell that story? I love that story. Okay. I'm, I'm down in San Juan. 
Uh, I was like a wrestler for, for Carlos Colon Toledo's dad at the time, WWC. And I'm, I'm sitting in a condo there uh, with, with uh, Sean Morley about Venus. And, uh, Sean Morley was the there? Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we're watching the E okay. channel. Uh, seeing all the goofiness goes on there. And then yeah. you know, he, he gets picked up the phone first. And uh, he gives me the strangest look. <laughs> Who is it, right? And he says, uh, it's the Macho Man. And he really talks like that. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, get out of here. I thought he was ripping me, right? Yeah. And, uh, I, I got the phone. I was like, hello? And he's like, hey, how you doing? Uh, I've been trying to reach you. Put a lot of belts, you know, the holster and everything, you know. I'm like, are you, is this <laughs> I'm thinking it'd be like Owens or something, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, it's actually Brady calling you. <laughs> it's like, hey, what's wild, going on? I'll, I'll never forget it. I'm oh, man. Hey, brother, uh, you're down in Puerto Rico, brother. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't think my voice is that high. For the macho, man. Yeah, I was doing those New York style hot dogs to get from the beach. And yeah. he went dead in concession stand there. And, yeah. Uh, it was amazing. A guy from New York would cook them. It was like, fantastic. And, you know, what, what better way to start your day eating a New York style hot dog talking to macho man? From, yeah. Hey, bro, brother, I got this idea. Where I'm yeah. gonna sell hot dogs on the beach. Come on, brother. Hey, I'd be all in. Uh, yeah, yeah, him and Hester actually flew me from the United States. hot dogs. For, for, for the tryout and everything, yeah. <laughs> oh, and I got awesome. to meet Eric and all the that is boys. Cool. That is uh, cool. That is cool. Now, from best day of your life to worst day of your life, I did think of one, and I don't know if this would actually work, but um, I'm thinking Sid from that WCW movie. He was horrible. He was it, uh, oh, from uh, the, the oh, Ready to Rumble. Thing. Yeah, but Sid he was in Ready to Rumble. He was. He was. I do not recall that. Yeah. Oh, and he, he was, was not very good. To be in Sid. He was yeah, just trying to be in Sid. Event, there was no right? acting. The, the, the triple page thing they had at the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, he was like one of the because you remember they they went after him. I forget if it was in an alley or at a gym or something. Sid was one of the, <laughs> the assailants. Yeah, Sid was one of the guys that came after him. The villain, he was yeah. the same guy from Bad Boys. He was the police chief. He yes. The police chief from Bad Boys. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Sid, anyway, they, they just, just in general. wrestling icon, Oliver Platt. Yes. <laughs> Good oh, movie, man. bad performance. Sorry, Sid. <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't get me through the phone. Yeah, I have a definite soft spot in my heart for that movie. Absolutely, me too. Did I, 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 I got a kid got a Booker T dance with George Clinton in that movie. That was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Did I ever tell you about the time that I, I hung up on Sid? It, it was not a very pleasant experience. He, he was supposed to do this show, and he wanted me to call to just run over some things with him, and he was plugging some show that he was doing. And I hadn't gotten all the details from the promoter. So when he started asking me about it, and I didn't know at the time, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm calling bullshit. Like, there's no way that this is. And I'm like, and he starts arguing with me. He's like, if if this is legit, then you're unprofessional and blah. I was like, dude, the interview is two weeks from now. Like, I think I'll be ready. You know, I, I think we'll be fine. <laughs> so he starts yelling at me. He starts breaking me. He started. Yeah. He starts berating me, so I, I hung up the phone. I thought, what's he going to do, come after me through the phone right. with scissors, you know? But you, like, you, you know what yeah. imagine? That's, that's his move. Can you, you imagine? Got a lot of heat on you, Brady. He called me like back. This? He called me back, and I'm like, I'm so sorry. I got disconnected. <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. terrified. 
terrible. But to this day, I've avoided conventions where I knew he was going to be there, and I don't think he would remember that. But, oh, yeah, man. that was scary. So, Wait, he, my, he was there for the Shockmaster debut, remember? Yeah. He was, yes. <laughs> yeah. He could have been the Shockmaster as far as I'm concerned. And That's I was where like I was going to go with this. Yeah. Because I thought it, it was the weirdest way that you got – into mainstream, and I think plenty of non-wrestling fans know enough about the guy in the Stormtrooper helmet who trips on the entrance and That's true. messes everything up. But then, oh, it's like, oh, you're foray into mainstream. And so I got Vincent Kennedy McMahon, and uh, let's go with the, what was it, World Bodybuilding Championship? Is that what it was called? <laughs> what do you think? World Bodybuilding Federation. What's yeah. That? yeah. Vitamins. Oh my That's god. A good one. Ico Pro. A good old Ico Pro. Good one. That had yeah. to just be an, anabolic steroids. Uh, and then there was the. You gotta XFL. want it. Yeah. And the then XFL. there was. Yeah, again. <laughs> right. I used to read Lex Luger talking to him about that old time. Uh, what, I Ico Pro? Like the face of WBF. Yeah. yeah. I remember. Yeah. I remember those Ico Pro trailers with him working out. He was doing like shoulder presses, big black and white Ico Pro shirt. It was like Lex Luger and Lou Ferrigno. Think I was really trying to lock up with me one time. <laughs> <laughs> I do see the really really that I had a New York New Jersey Hitman shirt around here somewhere. Okay, I have oh, a Memphis man. Maniac hat. So. <laughs> I think I have a, a Las Vegas Outlaws because uh, I assume they were named after the New Age Outlaws. And it's somewhere. You would have assumed. One that was assumed. the thing. Like, why didn't he just go all the way with it? Why did he yeah. try to walk the line between legitimate yeah. league and and attitude era? They should have been like there should have been a team based out of Austin, Texas. They should have been the Austin Rattlesnake. Yeah, the part unknown. They should have been a part of the moon team, honestly. So yeah, just in the exactly. middle, you know. You could yeah. have a team. Because there's, like, that lacrosse league now that yeah. like none of the teams have home arenas. They just kind of travel around the country. You yeah. could have had a team where every game was a road game because they hail from Parks Unknown. It would have been like, amazing. Imagine the Brahma Bulls. Oh, the Brahma Bulls. You know I mean? Oh, yeah. man. But they lost me after the first game when they didn't have steel chairs and, and angles with the cheerleaders. I, I thought the whole thing was going to be like wrestling, but set on a You thought it was going to be gimmick the whole that's way? That's what I was really hoping yeah. for. And I, and I still say they'd still be around if that's what it was. Remember that video game, Mutant League Football? Yes. yes. That's yes. what it should have been. Exactly. It should have been like, exactly. you know, guys with weapons. Uh, I remember the, the biggest thing they were promoting. Both our team would suck us off. Yeah. The biggest thing they were promoting going into the XFL was, hey, the you're going to have locker room cams for the cheerleaders. Like, <laughs> yeah. all right, first of all, you're all on NBC, <laughs> so nobody's going to be showing tits. <laughs> Secondly, holy shit, like, that's uh, crazy. You just drill a hole through the wall, you know? <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, that, <laughs> that was a good one because Vince McMahon consistently has failed every time he's tried to go mainstream. So, and even we were we were talking about it as Stro pulled out his three million dollar egg uh, right before he went on the air. Yeah, oh, even yeah. this attempt. Another egg. Another egg. <laughs> to, uh, to tie like himself to Red Notice, like it's just come on, Vince. You're the carny who is getting people in, and you've been doing it for. 
80 years, like, just accept your role. You're not going to ever be president. You missed that boat already. You probably yeah. could have been that guy if you wanted to. You know, it's, it's a shame that Vince doesn't just take a, doesn't take a cue from, like, other people that have been mega successes in a single, like, Henry Ford didn't try to produce Broadway shows. Right, he he found his lane. I can make yeah. a car. That's what I'm gonna do. Exactly. So Vince just needs exactly. to stay in his lane, and everybody would have been much happier. Yeah. Um, I Except forget for what the guys who work say. for him, they would still think it sucks. I'm sure. Well, Joe, what about you? Can you think of an embarrassing debut mainstream? Oh, oh my goodness! The anti-rock. Uh, the anti-rock. Oh wow. I would have thought the Miz on Dancing with the Stars, but I hear he was good, even yeah, though I didn't see it. Oh, he, 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 he was, was very good. I mean, the Miz's debut was mainstream. That's yeah. true. The Miz went from the mainstream to, That's right. to the industry. And that was an and, embarrassing real-world thing. I mean, he was yeah. He was the goofball with the title belt that everybody hated. Yeah, I mean, it was the annoying. thing was, I remember, I remember what was, what was the heck, probably 2001, 2002, right? I think so, like yeah. When, when he's making his debut, he's transitioning into the business. And it was, in, from from my perspective, as someone who had been, like, you know, so into wrestling his entire life, and I'm like, oh, this is kind of embarrassing. We're bringing in the real world guy. It's like, eh, I don't know, how desperate are we for, for eyeballs? And, like, you know, look, more power to him. He turned out to be a... One of the greatest professional wrestlers of all time. The debut of Oz had to be right up there. Oh, the debut of Oz. I laughed so hard (laughs) my side hurt. And and, 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 and hear Kevin Sullivan's voice, it's Oz. It's Oz. (laughs) But but then The Miz going back to mainstream, I mean, you have the Marine movies, and then you have what I'll be watching very shortly because it holds a special place in my heart. The Christmas Bounty Hunter, because I... Oh, I have two copies of that on DVD. That's awesome. You should give me one. Just a backup. They're amazing. Yeah, you you need two copies. I found them at a dollar store, and I was like, these will make great gag gifts, and I just gave them away. I would genuinely enjoy that gift. What was the one? There was one with Triple H. I will send you a copy for Christmas. The Chaperone, Triple H, uh, on a school bus with a bunch of kids. Do you guys remember this? It was called The Shadow. Uh, I remember oh. the poster because I've gone by it on Netflix 200 times. I've is never dared there? to watch it. Is it still uh, there? I'm pretty sure it is, yeah. Wow, I'm going to look that up. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it was an uh, action okay. it's movie. It's a big show sitcom. <laughs> I watched that. And it's a perfect, that turned me on to that. Point. Yeah, It's a perfect segue into Sit. We were just talking about Sit earlier, right? Mm-hmm. It was like my Nitro debut. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm playing the piano up in the ra- baby grand up in the rafters while well, 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 Sid's powerbombing people. <laughs> right, right. Mm. <laughs> you know, I love Dan. He's still like powerbombing people. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to keep on playing, right? So uh, <laughs> I knew yeah. why I was playing piano during one of his matches. But You, you would think so, like, you had to play the piano or was that gimmick? Oh, that's me. That was me. Jimmy Hart worked with me on the sheet music to play and everything, but that was me. That's amazing. Very cool. Now, did did yeah. Jimmy Hart kind of hide under the piano telling you which keys to hit? You knew anyway, right? I mean, you were. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I guess the thing is I had a really kick in the bass because the crowd noise would drown out the sound. Okay. Did they ever really give you, like, the uh, 
Did they ever give you like the arena organs, like for the hockey teams, like where you got the whole yeah, arena yeah, with yeah, the? Yeah. 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 Like, uh, David Grand, you know, where they had one in the area. Okay. I had to do with the snakes for Jake Roberts. They ship snakes in for him to use. That type oh, of thing. Really, they shipped in the wow. snakes. I always thought they yeah, were. Wow! Stro just ruined my childhood. I know you do. I didn't hear it wasn't just one Damien. Matter of fact, it was I always thought it was one Damien. Uh, it was a funny story for you. One time, Jake told me that there was a big crate they 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 shipped in for him, and he asked Vince what was in the crate, and Vince was like, uh, "That's your snake for tonight." <laughs> so he opens up, and this snake is so big. He, Jake was on his knees. He couldn't even stand up with the snake because it. Oh you know, my God! So huge. So he, he couldn't really get thought, the snake for him because I so really big. thought he had his. I really snake thought it was went one with him every day. Right, me too. Hey, look at these marks. Me too. Next week, multiple Matildas. I know. <laughs> How dare you? That's hard. There were times he could carry the same snake. I'm done now. I, wrong. I check yeah. out now. That's sad. I am heartbroken by this. No, I cried when Earthquake sat on 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 Dan. That was me too. I'm afraid of That was my angle. When they made Snake Brothers, <laughs> it was. Uh, Every, all my earliest memories with wrestling seem to center around John Tenor for some reason, you know. Whether it's sitting on Hulk Hogan, sitting on the snake. I, I We were going to talk wrestling angles tonight. We might as well transition into it. Uh, that was something that left such a perfect – because I thought, what happened to Damien? Was he sick so they had Earthquake sit on him? I had no idea that he was just the snake that night. I had no idea. I mean – Brady, I do want to tell you that no actual snake was harmed by a giant. Well, obviously, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always didn't like know that. his ass or something so that the snake yeah. went in between. I, I don't oh, know. Man. I don't know how they do oh, stuff. We, we all do. Oh, God. <laughs> That's a good yeah. angle, though. It was an amazing angle. Like, all the snake me. angles were great, though. Whether it was yeah. traumatized. Whether it was like the. Sitting on, you know, Damien or the cobra biting the Macho Man. Or that was amazing. I mean, yeah. they were just, here's so the million, that angle was. The million-dollar belt so, came with the bag, and he didn't want to get it. You know? Oh God, I forgot great. about that. That's a good yeah. one, too. Here's how inspiring the cobra angle was. And, heck, you'll know this one. Oh, yeah. A friend of ours, a friend of ours got married, and a mutual friend was not invited to the wedding. And we were all like, oh, that's kind of shitty that he wouldn't be invited to the wedding. So that friend and I went to a mall that sold, um, that, that had a candy store. And inside this candy store, we found a giant candy snake. It was like a gummy oh, bar. Wow. It was the size of a giant It was a snake. cobra. It was a candy cobra, too. It was a cobra. <laughs> Oh, wow. So we, uh. we put it in a box, and we wrapped it up nicely, and we gimmicked the box with a piece of wire so that when you lifted it up, the snake would come up with it. And oh, no. at this size wedding, not, oh, a, not oh, a day later, God. at the wedding, I pulled him aside and I said, look, man, I'm heading out, but you have to open this gift. And you, you can't open a gift at a wedding. It's so fucking tacky. But I'm like, no, no, you have to open this gift. It's from our mutual friend. That's amazing. I want one now. And he opens yeah. it up, and here comes the cobra. Tell me the video. Yeah, we're not friends it. with any of those people anymore. No, no, no. <laughs> I wonder why. I wonder why. We don't know them. <laughs> tell me the videographer got it. Please, please tell me that it was documented on, because that would be amazing. Also, also those people no longer married, so. Oh. That's true. <laughs> true. Uh, 
I'm sure I wrestling had played a part in it. I like to believe I did. Probably. <laughs> our uh, our business partner. Off the air about why. I don't <laughs> yeah. Think about Rick and Morty Snake. <laughs> Rick and Morty Our uh, our business. I was going to say it's usually wrestling related when when uh, marriages don't work out and somebody likes wrestling. That usually is at the core of it. Uh, like Bruce Wirt, our 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 uh, our my partner in this, the voice of choice, the VOC Nation, all that. He um he's been married three times, and one of the times he got divorced because his wife said, "I do not want Rat Boy in our car," and he That's picked up Rat Boy. He picked up Rat Boy. He chose Rat Boy over Lana or whatever her name was, or yeah. or whatever that name might have been. I for, I never met her, so I I only knew wife two and three. So. I wish yeah. you guys were there with Brady and I, Kathy, when uh, oh, God. challenged Virgil for the $15. He did. He had his cardboard rat trap title, <laughs> and, he, and he tried to swap them out. We're at a convention, and Virgil was next to it. So Virgil was on this side, and the Sandman and Raven were on this side. For some reason, they had them sitting together. But Ratboy took his title when Virgil wasn't looking and swapped it with the million-dollar belt. Virgil was not happy. I I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. And how many dollars did he did Virgil yeah. charge him after that? Thirty? Uh, I forget. I, forget. I, I got to say, a lot of guys, a lot of guys love to charge money for a picture or an autograph at a comic show. Uh, Virgil is one of the biggest offenders I've ever. Oh heard. my god! Um, I I was at a, I was at the good. I was at the Philadelphia Wizard World Convention. Yeah, uh, probably two thousand and maybe two thousand ninety nine, two thousand something like that. And, you know, actually it was with the same guys that were involved in the whole snake incident. <laughs> and oh, we're at the wow. Wizard World Convention, and, you know, Virgil is sitting at a table like 30 feet away, and he's charging $50 for a snapshot. And I'm like, I'm not paying $50 mm-hmm. for a picture mm-hmm. of Virgil. But, you know, you get a camera, you just try, to, just try to snap one from a distance. Oh, he wasn't having it. Virgil got mm-hmm. very upset. I'll bet he did. him sitting lonely by himself at a, at a table. Uh, yeah, Greg the Hammer yeah. Valentine, another one that's just like <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of them. Uh, so I was at one where Virgil came, and they didn't book him in the convention. I think he thought he'd be able to just get a table when he got there. So he set up I'm his, Virgil. He set up his and, – and, and, by the way, his his thing, his if you've ever seen it, like any parade, anytime he's at anything, he uses the banner that says the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase and Virgil. And he folds it over so it just says "and Virgil." This is what he uses at his table. I, I, and I, 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 if somehow Virgil hears this, and I, and I don't think he would, but I'm, I'm not making fun of you. I just think it's amazing. Oh, respect the hustle. This, this guy, so much hustle. He showed up at this convention he wasn't booked at, and when they didn't take him, he set out his table. He set up his table outside by where the valet parking was. He, but right, right outside of the door. Like it, it would verge on the Hall of Fame every year. Basically, <laughs> basically, and, and that particular show every year and sets the table outside. And that particular show, <laughs> I believe that, by the way, and that's exactly how Virgil. So Virgil went into the bar later that day, and he asked for a water at the bar, and he brought his own sandwich, and they kicked him out because he wouldn't get rid of the sandwich. You know that meme where the guy's sitting outside at a table with a sign yeah. that says, like, whatever, my mind? convince yeah. me otherwise? <laughs> yeah. It's like, ah. my name. I'm picturing him now with, with that, and his sign says, 
My name's Vincent, not Virgil. Changed my mind. Yeah. But back to that oh, convention man. with Rat Boy, that was amazing. Like, he went up to New Jack. I, I told him, leave New Jack alone. I said, I don't yeah, want... Yeah, that's a really good yeah. idea. I, it, good it's, a, it's good life advice. Even now he's gone, I'm still scared of him. And that be. is... I, I should be, yeah, because he... He could come back at any – and now he can walk through walls, that MF, you know. Like, I'm, I'm scared to death. So this guy – so Ratboy says, I'm going to go get New Jack and get him to come over here. And Stro, you were there. I said, no, don't go near New Jack. Leave that guy – the one time I was on a show with him, he almost tasered me by accident because he's playing with a taser like he's the big boss man. You know, and not a good idea. <laughs> I wasn't even talking to him. I just had my back to him, and he's going like this with the taser. Yeah. That, Everybody – yeah. Who's who's been in the business that has yeah. at least one New Jack story? Uh, man, he he was he was something. He's scary. Rat Boy murdered him. admitted that. He admitted that on national television. Thank you. Yeah. He died before it went to air. Yeah. <laughs> and I was at, <laughs> And I and I and I was at the um the roast. I think it was um I think it was Terry Funk. It might have been Jim Cornette. Where uh, where New Jack showed up, I think it was probably it was probably Jim Cornette, because I know they were close, and uh, he showed up drunk, and was just standing in the middle belligerently arguing like like the Scott Hall incident the year before with that comedian, um, it was insane. He's just uh, and nobody wanted to clear him away because he's friggin' New Jack, you know. Um, yeah, we were at the convention and Ratboy said I'm gonna go bother him. I said do not go near him. He comes back and he's like New Jack wanted me to show you this. And he holds up his phone, and there's a picture of New Jack just going like this. Terrifying. He's one of the guys, he's one of the few guys in, in the business that uh, I would really look at as legitimately scary. Yeah. Like New Jack, Taker, uh, the Road Warriors. You know, those guys, I'm like, you know what, I'm legitimately not going to fuck with those guys in a dark alley. Any of them, I Hulk Hogan doesn't intimidate me at all. Yeah. He's a big muscle. Well, yeah. You know, Ken, Ken seems very approachable for being the world's the, most dangerous man. Like, I feel had, like um, I could say hi to Ken Shamrock. I, I, well, I think you could say hi to him, but I wouldn't want to mess with him. I guarantee you that. No. Uh, we, no had Dan Severed. we had Dan Severed on this Dan show, Severin. and I was, ter- I was terrified to offend that guy because I, I have a history of sometimes offending the guests when I talk to them. Did I don't you call him that in P.I.? No, but he looks like that. Yeah. No. Steve Blackman, another one I wouldn't want to mess around with. Steve when, Blackman. Oh, when, man, I love me some Steve Blackman. He was great. He was great. When Dan Severn did the show, afterward, he wanted detailed statistics on how many listeners, and I didn't want to give it to him because there weren't that many at the time. And I'm like, you know, where, <laughs> where do I go with this? Because I don't want to lie to this guy, you know. But Oh, we, we lied to people when, when we were on our, our alma mater's radio station. We lied oh, yeah, to people yeah, all yeah. the time. Yeah, that's how we go backstage at the UFC. I was about to say, that's, we're <laughs> credentialed reporters for the UFC twice, yeah. That's funny. That's funny. So, uh, so wrestling angles. Mine is yeah. uh, Jake the Snake, snake number 752, getting sat on. Next you're gonna tell me Santa doesn't exist and I'm just gonna be just blown away. No, oh, no, no. His name is Xanta. Xanta Claus, I believe. Xanta, yes. Great angle, oh, by the way. So yeah, the, the cousin's name's Milena. Milena Claus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
the thing that made me think of this is that another cousin is no trade, no trade uh, clause. That's a good one. No trade <laughs> that that made me think of this Just is uh, MJF and CM Punk that yeah. promo that was fantastic, and kind yeah. of how you see that storyline kicking off. And I have an incredibly huge soft spot for the Miz. I'm a huge Miz Mark. I, I think he's done more with Me less too. than just Me about too. anybody else in the business. True, true story. Going. True story. I'm the reason that he was number one in the 500 that one year. Because nobody, else, everybody else wanted Cena, and I came in with this detailed spreadsheet of how he did more than Cena that year, and I presented it, and I won them awesome. over. I, I it was like it was like phenomenal. It was like uh, twelve twelve angry men or whatever that you know the jury yeah. movie. That's what it was like. Yeah. Knowing hack as I do, I would argue that he does not in fact have a very big soft spot for the Miz. Uh, I would, I would say he actually has a very small hard spot for him. Uh, oh no, no. Oh okay. Uh, He's great. Um, so I was thinking about some of the angles that that Miz and uh, it brought me to, like, my two favorite angles of all time basically lasted the length of the companies. And it was Sting uh-huh. versus Ric Flair and Tommy Dreamer versus Raven. And oh, I cool. think the, long, I mean, was two the, years. the longevity of the angle and how it, like, interweaves and it comes and it goes. And even that last Nitro, you know, you close it out with Sting and Flair. And That's a good even one. when they weren't. Even when they weren't associated with each other, they were still there. And, like, Tommy and Raven going back and forth and never quite getting the W. Um, I miss that long-term storytelling. And I think WWE is kind of doing it a little bit, but should be hyping it up a lot more anytime that the Usos and the New Day are against each other because they've been these dynamic forces in the company and they've been intertwined and – I just feel like we don't have that long-term storytelling anymore. Man, no, I love that. No. I love every oh, now and then, like, when Flair would trick Sting into being like, oh, you're going to be a horse for this week. Come on, Stinger. And Sting, like Charlie Brown, would run towards that football <laughs> every time. Right. <laughs> I, not so, I mean, isn't the, the best part of the, uh, the Raven-Tommy angle is that Tommy finally gets his win over Raven in the loser leaves town match, and Raven shows up on Nitro. So, like, it's a legit loser leaves town match. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I was going to say not for nothing, but my favorite TNA angle of all time actually involves Sting, Ric Flair, and a Raven all in one. It was when uh, Sting made Eric Bischoff sit at the desk not to interfere in his match. Ric Flair was involved as well, and he told him. Who's that, Dixie? Yeah. It's me and Dixie. It's tough to see. Oh, I got a Dixie picture. That really sounded yeah. dirty. I don't want to see your Dixie I, pic. I, I, have a, I have a Dixie <laughs> pic. I, no, it, it would be like I'm going to send you guys pic. a dick pic in the, uh, in, the, in the chat. Hang on. Yeah, I will, too. I, um, I will. <laughs> no, but Sting, he made Eric Bischoff sit at the desk and not interfere, and he put a crow in front of him, and he said if Eric Bischoff got up, this crow was going to peck out his eyes. And they kept coming back to him during the course of the match where Eric Bischoff is like this at the desk with the, with the frigging crow, like, ready to get him. It was the most amazing, amazing angle I've ever seen TNA do. It was just great writing. Yeah. So well, I would say that mine is the build-up to And this, you know, this, I think, heck, you're going to figure this one is going to sound strange coming to me. But the build-up to and the finish of the WrestleMania 12 Iron Man match. Mm. Um, because, you know, the Brett lover that I am, 
the whole build up to that match with you know the childhood dream. Sure, the, sure. The emotional, the emotional story really pulled oh. that with um, was it was it wasn't it Pedro Morales? Jose Lothario. The whole build up and, and then and then that moment when Sean actually captures the title and drops to his knees in the middle of the ring. Oh, that, man. To me that's one of the best payoffs that was to cool. an angle that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I such agree. An emotional moment. That was Even cool. I was I was a big Brett fan, but like that that's like a seminal moment in professional wrestling. I feel like we need we need more of those. Honestly, I feel like the MJF CM Punk promo could end up being that if there's like a good payoff and it lasts longer than one pay per view cycle. Yeah. Um, but it you know we we haven't had those those big moments anymore. I you know what? And I was gonna say that what was so cool about the Sean and Brett thing from WrestleMania 12 that was really the first WrestleMania where the wrestling was the focus. You know, I mean, they had celebrities there, but it was like, you know, these two workers are going to go an hour. Uh, you never saw that with Hogan or Warrior, a little bit with Savage, but usually with his opponent, especially in the main events, he was kind of limited there. So it was like, it was really cool to see, you know, it was, it was just, and, and that was kind of when it changed. Yeah. And especially the uh, the way the styles were put on display, because, I mean, you yeah. know, Sean had such a, a frantic, high-impact high style, and Brett was was more of a plodding, methodical type style, and and they just they matched each other beat for beat for over an hour. It goes to overtime. You have that great moment of Gorilla Monsoon coming down and declaring sudden death. Sean hits that first super kick and can't get up for the cover. I mean, it's just the, the drama that they built over over an hour is honestly. I say this to my friends who are not wrestling fans, but who are uh, fans of you know like theater or other other forms of acting and entertainment. There are some matches that you can watch. Not every oh, match yeah. is good enough to oh, yeah. the standard. But there are some matches that you watch where the level of drama that these two guys can put you through over the course of however long they're in the ring together, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, whatever, um, that, that can be just as good as a performance of Death of a Salesman or, or Hamilton or whatever whatever your taste is. Uh, just to see the drama that two people can build with nothing but the physicality of these. I it was an amazing time. And, and speaking of amazing times, I'm actually going to bring on uh, Ray Bogus right now. Ray, how you doing tonight, brother? Hello, men. What is the topic du jour of the evening? Uh, well, right now we're actually talking about our favorite angles of all time in wrestling. And of course, I I would be remiss if I didn't. Uh, talk about earthquake sitting on Jake the Snake Snake. Uh, Stro ruined our evening by telling us that uh, Jake, in <laughs> fact, had multiple snakes, one in each town. Very sad to hear that, Ray. I, I mean, Pat and I are still Usually, usually it's the rats you have, one in each town, not the snakes. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that, maybe I heard stories well. about Jake on the road. Yeah. Oh. yeah. yeah. But, uh, Jake's snake got around quite a bit on the road, from we, the, we, what I was told by some people. We we were also talking a little bit about who would be the anti Dwayne Johnson, you know, who who made a mainstream appearance that just is uh, absolutely cringeworthy, and I, I think we were each able to kind of scrape one up there. So, did you have a favorite angle, Ray? So, a couple of them, a couple of them come to mind. Um, 
yeah, I mean, historically, the heart punch angle with Ox Baker, I think, is probably one of that's old school. One of my one of my absolute favorite. Just be, and and part, part of it may very well be because at the time it was new, or at least you know was certainly fresh. More recently, um. I mean, if you want to go really recent, Chris Jericho's list what I thought was enjoyable. Uh, oh yeah, for no particular That's reason. That's a good one. Like, <laughs> like, like <laughs> there was like because if you said, hey, "Ray, tell me why you love that gimmick," I could come up with exactly zero answers. But damn it, if it wasn't <laughs> enjoyable. Oh, but come on, that that turn with Owens where he gives Jericho the the list and he goes, "Why is my name on here?" The celebration oh. of friends, yeah. Oh god, yep. and you yep. know what? The that terrible WrestleMania that I sat in the Orlando heat during and had to witness one of my favorite wrestlers and his spouse go against the couple who were definitely getting fake engaged for ratings. And uh, that started, I think it might have been the opener, that Jericho and Owens, man, they put on a hell of a show with a giant inflatable list behind Jericho. Uh. <laughs> Great stuff. Ray, did you have any thoughts on the uh, the star debut that kind of fell short, the mainstream attempt? Okay, so are we talking, hold on, because I, I want to think about, I want to think about favorite angles. Yeah, you angles think about it. Think about later, that, yeah. But it's that's a good one. one. That, that's one that's going to require some thought. Yeah. Um, now, when you say mainstream debut, do you mean de- like a debut outside of wrestling, or do you mean like their debut in? Uh, I got a I got a good one for you, Ray. That I don't think we've thought of. Ultimate Warrior on Arsenio Hall. Okay, so we're going. Like okay, that. so that so that. Or okay. that music video. He was on that music video with. Uh, Show who was it? He he did the. He was in the ring with this performer. With mm-hmm. the singer. Who was it? Oh, I can't uh, think of it. It was in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't think I, I can't think who it was. Right. It I'll, I'll look mind. it up. I'll look I know it. what you're sorry. talking about, though. So, sorry to crap on your thing, Pat. What were you saying? That's all good, my friend. No, that, that okay, so we're going, so we're going, date, so going their view, their debut kind of outside of the wrestling world. Yeah. Um, yeah. God, God, that, that Ultimate Warrior one on Arsenio Hall, that, that's, that's a pretty good one. All right. Yeah. I'm going to go this one. Uh, Bob Backlund once unsuccessfully ran for senator in Connecticut, and I think that is one of the the absolute worst things. Linda McMahon has done it twice. Yeah, I know. But, (laughs) yeah. I guess, like, it's funny to talk about Backlund because he has an actual career that he can point to, whereas Linda McMahon mostly – yeah, whereas Linda Linda McMahon's career, like, like she mo- mostly her career is that she married Vince, so I'm just not sure that that's. I don't think you point to that on the wall, you know. Like, hey, yeah, look what yeah. I did. Uh, Bob, right, I got I had the opportunity to meet Bob a few years ago in the Connecticut building of the Big E, which if y'all don't wow. know, like a huge state fair where you get representation of all the New England states. I'm glad to hear you weren't in there. Big E. No, no, not yeah. in Big E. That's, yeah. We didn't get okay. with Miss Frizzle and get on the thing. bus. Yeah. Different thing. Um, yeah. But, uh, man, he was so great to talk to. you were more power to Oh, yeah. I mean, he's a handsome fellow. But I, mean, I would love to talk to him. No, because he is, like, I, I hope it's no disrespect. I know the term crazy is a little, but he is legitimately not well. 
Yeah, I shouldn't um, have said I crazy. Thought it, I, I thought it was a gimmick, and yeah. it seems like we were we were living the gimmick at that point in time. But he gave me a give me a nice autograph that I'll eventually hand to my daughter since she signed it to my gimmick name and that's her real name. And did you uh, I did you have to unpack with a therapist? Not now. Did you have to recite the presidents or, or anything like that in order to, uh, no, to get the autograph? He, okay. He I actually was talking talking to me about getting him bookings with the uh, the company I was working for. I oh, nice. Like, okay. Wow. Wow. The mighty have fallen. I am just the ring announcer. I do not do any of that. I'm like, here's the guy's information. It's, it's, I, that's Joey's problem now. Hey, I, before before I sign off, guys, I just wanted to, to kick out one more of my favorite angles of all time. And, and this one, uh, I mean, talk about legendary. Iraqi sympathizer, Sergeant Slaughter. Yes. What an angle. But when yeah. he came back, when he came back, he was like, I want my country back. It was amazing. He went all around I mean, the, the man was... He was crying at the Washington Monument. G.I. Joe. Yeah. 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 He it was a cool. real life G.I. Joe, and he's out here with uh, with the Iron Sheik and and Colonel yep. Mustafa, oh. uh, and, and and you know just talking about how great Saddam Hussein is and how much better it is <laughs> under his regime. Yeah. And, and not only was it a spectacular angle because of the heel turn that like you and before yes he might before Hogan's heel turn this was probably the only other guy that you couldn't see going in this direction. And nobody else, you know, Hogan going Hollywood is akin to Sergeant Slaughter, you know, just saying goodbye to the that was white cool. That was yeah, cool. I, but it also had this great excuse built in for them when they couldn't sell out WrestleMania, and they were like, oh, they were desperate. We had to move it inside. Right. They, uh, <laughs> you mentioned it. I actually thought that, too, and I also thought um, uh, the Iron Sheik teaming with Nikolai Volkov to uh, sort of become sort of become the the anti-American powers, mm-hmm. and so like like I kind of wonder like how much of that was how much of that was Sergeant Slaughter and 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 I love Slaughter so this is absolutely no disrespect to him but like I wonder how much of that was just Sheik continuing to work his magic on everything he touches. Oh my God, the the gimmick battle royal, which was of course made by the gobbledygooker. <laughs> uh, on that note, <laughs> yeah, turn no, it right. over. Yeah, we're we're gonna turn it over to Ray. First of all, uh, what what did you want to talk about tonight before these guys go? So, I I, I kind of thought that I was going to continue the topics from. Oh, okay, sounds good. Sounds okay. good. Okay, well, take it over, uh, Ray. I'm giving you all my topics. You can run with them. Oh, yeah. yeah. We'll see, we'll see you all next week. Thank you so much. All right. Gentlemen, as always, it's been a pleasure, and we'll talk to you next week. And uh, in the room with Brady Hicks. All right. And all you guys, uh, for sure. You know, before they go, or while they're going, I just wanted to mention, before we go to commercial break, uh, I had a funny Bob Backlund story. It was amazing. Uh, When he was in TNA, do you remember that run? He um, he was from the airport. He he decided that he didn't want to take a car to get to Universal Orlando. He would walk, whatever the miles were, if it was six, seven miles, whatever it was. He would walk every time from the airport to Universal Orlando in the pouring rain. Rob, I think it was Rob Echoes. I could be wrong. Somebody who was an impact at the time, I think it was Rob, 
sent me a picture of Bob Backlund pulling his suitcase with an umbrella in the pouring rain. It was amazing. You he didn't want to ride. that picture before. He, he didn't want to ride. Yeah. You've actually, you've sent me that picture before. That <laughs> might be, he's, maybe that could be something we end up talking about. Like, who are, who are wrestling, who's your favorite legitimate crazy person? <laughs> in wrestling or out of? <laughs> in re- I, I suppose for the sake of the show, we keep it in wrestling, but. Yeah. You know, actually, when we come back, that's what we'll talk about. Who is your that's favorite legitimately crazy person? One. Yeah, let's uh, and let's go to a commercial break. And we have a couple callers on the line as well. Uh, 914-338-1885. It's in the room on the VOC Nation Wrestling Network. And we'll be right back. We'll be back in a couple minutes, I should say. Hey, this is Total Package. Lex Luger, you're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. Since 2018, there's only been one program that brings you artists from around the world, both big and small, brings you the best in local talent, and hosts live events. Rock and Roll Union is all of that and more. With Steve McManus, the lovely D, and new co-host Psycho Steve Preston, you're sure to get everything you need. So tune in Mondays at 6 p.m. for your one-stop shop for all things rock and roll. Rock and Roll Union, music worth fighting for. Check out In The Room. Every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kathy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are. And we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Wrestling with history. The voice of choice and killer can resonate. When I die, they're going to open me up and find about 2,000 undigested Northwest Airline cheese omelets. Mr. Chris Cruz, what's going on? Jesus, how did I get roped into this? General Adnan went to school with Saddam Hussein. He cried, I cried, he cried, and who could have Adnan lost a lot of family in the Iraqi war. Everybody loves Granny. Wow. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't know that. Yes, Dylan, you guys are busting me up. Catch Wrestling With History with Ken Resnick and I live on VOCNation.com or listen to the podcast by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week, talking dream matches, taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out, VOCNation.com, WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Yo, this is Jerry Stein of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs, here you get ready to get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up on this mother. Get ready. Nasty sensation is coming at you. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network.
All right. In the room, we're back at VOCNation.com. Brady Hicks here. We've got Papa Stro, we've got Ray, and we've got you guys as well. 914-338-1885. Uh, tonight we're talking our favorite wrestling angles. Uh, we had something else, and I'm, I'm drawing a blank at the moment. I apologize. Ray will be able to fill us in, though. Before we get back into it, though, Stro, the uh, future award-winning actor and performer, tell us what's on your docket for this week, man. Well, uh... Always in full swing. Uh, this Thursday night, WCW Retro, a 19 Eastern Standard Time on DOCNation.com. We'll be uh, creating our own Starcade cards from stars and past and present. So if you like to call in and create your own Starcade card of your own, that's cool. Yeah. Good times. You gotta have a dog and, collar match. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. This Friday night. Uh, my sci-fi horror show, The Show Zone, uh, at midnight Eastern Standard Time on my Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Uh The feature will be The House on Haunted Hill, starring Vincent Price. So That's a good me. one. That's a scary one. I remember watching that in the theaters, actually. Uh, and Stro, by the way, if we're talking kind of scary films, uh, he's way too humble. Uh, but he's up for a bunch of awards for The Devil's Daughter. If you guys go on YouTube, you can actually find the uh, the full-length film. Be sure to check it out, The Devil's Daughter. Uh, just an ama- It's the uh, Harley Quinn origin story, and you were Dr. Arkham. And uh, you mm-hmm. did an amazing job, my friend. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, great cast and crew as well. It real- it, it's an amazing movie. And if you're a fan of Batman, I definitely recommend checking it out, or Harley Quinn, or... The Joker, whatever. It, just good stuff. Just, just really good stuff. Uh, we also have Ray joining us. Ray, we we missed you last week, man. How are, how are things going in your world? Oh, things are just delightful, Brady. You know, every day is a beautiful gift. I don't know from whom. I don't know a why. Gift? Yeah, yeah, a yeah. gift. I don't know from who. I don't know why I've been forced to receive it's, the gift. It's from the, here I am. It's from the kids around the corner. It's, it's a bag of dog poop. It's a gift. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's I'm only playing. Men well, were talking gimmicks and then legitimate crazy people. Who is Legit- our, that's it. Yeah, who, <laughs> who are our favorite legitimately insane <laughs> people from wrestling? From wrestling. Legitimate, too. Not like, oh, like... Not like like Nikki Cross in NXT. Like no, like legitimately crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Scott Steiner. Mm. Crazy, crazy man. I love him though. I, I I was a huge Scott Steiner fan. Oh, for sure. And like a lot of the guys we come up with are probably going to be very lovable guys. Yeah. But that yeah. doesn't stop and, and and respect the hell out of them for what they accomplished. Yeah, but that's also that's not going to stop them from for us from labeling them as just legitimately out of their minds. Exactly, exactly. Uh, I mean, if you don't mind, I'd love to start out. It's the perfect example, uh, the one that I think of right away, and it's actually the one where he was an example earlier in the evening for worst mainstream debut because uh, he was in Ready to Rumble and his performance left something to be desired. I'm talking about the man who actually used the nickname Psycho. Psycho Sid, crazy guy. I love him. Is, and I was no, a big for sure. fan. We've, we've we've interviewed him on this show, and mm. like 
No, he wouldn't do it. He, and that was when I hung up it. on him. He, I, we did the pre-interview, and, he, and I hung up on him because he started yelling That's at me. Right. Yeah. But I love him. That's still. I was a huge fan. I just won't go to a convention that he's at because I'm terrified of him. Well, it's understandable. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot we could throw out there. I would say uh, there's another one to throw out there. Look, I understand wanting to make sure that you're able to capitalize on as much of your value as you can mm-hmm. when, when, when you are making your income the way wrestlers make their income. But changing your name to Warrior, <laughs> I think... By the way, I, I think it's great that his entire family still has the last name Warrior. Like, he's gone, and the lunacy lives on. You want to talk about a great name for, like, this podcast episode, The Lunacy Lives On. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny, too, because we were talking about the XFL earlier, and I always said they missed a golden opportunity by not having a road team that didn't have a home arena and have them hail from parts unknown. It would have been amazing. Hmm. That would have been good. Really good. That would have been really really good. good. Yeah, really good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But you were saying, Warrior, I cut you off there. Oh, lunatic. And and you you know what? I mean, definitely made everything around him, despite the fact that Look, I don't think you'll find a person on this show. I don't think you'll find, I don't think you'll find a person on, and that goes back into this show's archives, all the way back to when we were doing this on Spreaker, which is <laughs> God a long time ago now. With the repeating in my earpiece, that was awful. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't think you'll find any host in the history of this show that's going to come out and say, oh. Warrior made everything around him better through his talent and his incredible work and his his ring his in ring ability. Like no, no. <laughs> nobody's gonna nobody's gonna come out and say that. But I'll tell you what. But he he is a testament, Warrior is, to like if you are just completely out of your mind enough that you can actually will things to be better just through, like, sheer tyranny of, you know, indefatigability. Sure. Um, you know what I'll say about Warrior? And I thought, because I was a huge fan, and I think a lot of people who are kind of our age were. Um, and I think that, and and I'm trying to think of an example that would disprove my point, and I just can't think of one, uh, because other than Andre the Giant, I don't think that any one wrestler uh, created as great of a mystique surrounding themselves as the Ultimate Warrior did. In the late 80s and early 90s, like, that guy, uh, you know, he wasn't the most talented, um, but he just, he, he had whatever it was. People watched it, People gravitated toward it. People loved it. And sure, he was a pain in the ass from what I understand to deal with backstage. But um, really, like I said, he had that mystique thing down at a time when not everybody did. He was special. He was. 
Joe, did you never – I mean, I, I know you were in the company with him a little bit. Did you ever have any uh, Jim Helwig moments, as they call them? Oh, you know, a few times, you know, that I bumped into him. I mean, he was always cool towards me. Yeah. You, you know, I mean, you know, cordial and everything. I mean, I'm, I know, you know, from others, he kind of rubbed – some others kind of odd with, uh, with his ways – so to speak, but I mean, I mean, he was always like really cordial towards me, really nice. So, I mean, yeah, I, and again, like I, I don't want to hard. I mean, obviously, I wasn't there, but like I don't know. I just the way I perceive the guy, having never met him, um, and believe me, we tried. We reached out to him so many times to get him on this show uh, when we could have, and, and it always kind of kills me that we were never able to. Uh, but yeah, like. He was one of those guys, like, from 12-year-old me all the way through, like, when I became more, like, I guess you'd say woke to wrestling and, like, what's going on behind the scenes and stuff. He just always, even, like, today, Ray, like, I'll read a dirt sheet from, like, the early 90s or, like, the late 80s, and it was like, I don't know. There was just something about the guy that just always seemed so special, even, like, to people who knew differently. I think part of it. Is there, there's a combination to sort of pull that off. There's a combination of they have to end up being – some of this is fate because you have to be booked well enough. Yeah. You have to be booked well enough for this to matter. You know, for as talented for as talented as the man behind the gimmick was, but like nobody was ever sitting around just thinking about the mystique, of, the mystique surrounding the Red Rooster. Like that's just not – you know, for, I said, you know, ta- talent of the man behind the gimmick now, just nobody was. You have to win enough things and enough meaningful things to where you're kind of viewed as being in the big time and then also pair it with something that is so over the top that you you almost can't fathom seeing it in public. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Maybe a little bit better execution of it, even though, uh, by all accounts, he wasn't a crazy person. He just had a bit of a, a an anger issue for a while. Take, like, the late 80s Macho Man. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't – but can you imagine in the 80s just seeing Randy Savage out wandering around being Randy – you almost, like, couldn't wrap your head around it. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's what that's what it was with Ultimate Warrior. It was just the right combination of the dude kept being in position to be booked as a winner. You know, whether whether through talent or subterfuge or just luck. Subterfuge. Really, there's a there's a five dollar word. That's uh, that's that's a tier two word, Brady. So. Well, no matter what, it doesn't matter. He had just the right combination of he got booked to win, mm-hmm. and he was so obviously not just a regular dude. And maybe yeah. the maybe the opposite end of that would be Steve Williams, who did regularly win and, and meaningful matches at that, mm-hmm. but. Ultimately, when you looked at him, yeah, I mean, the name Dr. Death was cool, but ultimately, 
he, if you look at, he could just be some dude out of the street that worked out. Yeah. Well, you know what? And I think part of it, and Doctor Doctor Death for a long time, really until like the late '90s, he always avoided the cartoon world of WWF. You know, and, and I think part of it why the Warrior and like like you said Savage, and I think Andre for sure. Um, why like they had these mystiques about them? It, it certainly, like you said, it's a great combination of like being special and uh, winning all the time. Uh, but another thing I think is that WWF largely, really, really, their fans maybe weren't necessarily on the fact that it was worked. Do you know what I mean? Especially like the younger fans, like when we were younger and we we're watching these guys in the late 80s and early 90s, uh, I mean, me at 10 years old, I don't know that I was aware. And I'm sure a lot of people were the same. And I, and I think the fact that there's this mystique surrounding the wrestlers from this time period because most people didn't read the dirt sheets. I, I think that that's exactly why they have that mystique versus like the rock or mankind from later on, or like Roman Reigns today, you know, there's uh, too much is exposed today. You know, you, you see documentaries and you see how people are behind the scenes. Uh, there's no documentary of Randy Savage and the ultimate warrior going over their match backstage. There's not, unless you were there, or knew somebody who was there, you really weren't aware of what was going on. No, that's that's definitely true. There is something to be said about the need to create mystique around around wrestlers. And you you just don't see it the way you used to. You do see some guys get it to one degree or another here or there, but you don't... Like, you don't necessarily see it on a regular basis and to the magnitude that you that you normally normally would see it. Sure. For sure. Uh, what do you guys say we take a call? And we'll, we'll get you guys' thoughts as well. We're talking about favorite angles from the past. Uh, we're talking about favorite crazy people in wrestling. And we're talking about whatever you want to talk about as well. Uh, let's bring on Steve down in Virginia. He's always good for this. What's going on, Steve? Hey, uh, greetings, grappling fans. Greetings, grappling gurus. How you doing, brother? Oh, I'm doing all right. Just uh, listening in. I wasn't sure what the topic was. I, I called in when you were talking about Sid. So I'm glad you could. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, let's start. First of all, let's start uh, with AEW because they had a groundbreaking moment last week. MJF and uh, and who's the other guy? Uh, um, Phil Brooks with his – I'm only kidding. CM Punk. MJF and CM Punk uh, head-to-head on the microphone for 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Uh, I mean, was it everything that you expected, Steve? Yeah, um – it was interesting seeing them tease it in Norfolk, and then I think they really delivered. Somebody I listened to brought up maybe they over-delivered because um, I don't know when their match is going to be, and I'm wondering if they're going to do yeah. the best of three. So it's going to be interesting to see how they follow that because it, um, it got a big reaction. And I saw the um, – post about Edge referencing it on Raw. I didn't see that Raw segment, but it was big enough for them to 
mention it on TV on Monday, which was interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my initial thought with the whole thing, with that segment with MJF, is like 20 minutes is a long time. You know, in a two-hour show, that's a sixth of the show. Um, realistically, it's even more than a sixth if you're counting that, you know, if you're taking out the commercials. I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I just looked at it like there's something to leaving people wanting more. I don't think even the original pipe bomb lasted ten minutes. I think it was more like five. You know, I just I just thought it was a bit long. But otherwise, I thought it was good. I, it definitely built intrigue as far as, like, you know, seeing that match. But, yeah, I... I, I just think little things like that is where AEW is still. I don't want to say grasping at straws, but I, I, I just feel like they're still feeling their way in a lot of ways. You know, WWE might open the show with a 20-minute promo. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm being too harsh. You think I'm being too harsh? No, I, I, think I actually think you're, you're giving a very legitimate criticism, and... And it's one. It's one that you know. You know. Yes, I'm. I'm pretty well on the record on the show as far as my stance on AEW, and that it, I think it's far and away overall the better product right now. But no, that is a very real criticism. Is that there are times where you see, you know, and Brady, you you get this because you you've done different broadcasting stuff before that. There's all there's this idea of like nothing can you can never in the moment declare some something to be just the greatest or the biggest or the best or present it as such because you always have to leave yourself saying okay but what's the next step because there's right. always going to be another in this case another promo another match another outcome mm-hmm. and too often and, and credit to WWE for actually having gotten away from this for a while. Too often, AEW will – everything is for that. This is the biggest thing. Like, no, it's not. And yeah. it, it, it's not – and you need to not treat it that way. And you need to not give it the airtime that would make it appear to be something that it's not. No, that, it's, I think it's a very real criticism. It, it's like uh, – and I'm going to bring on Derek, by the way. Uh, we're talking about the MJF promo from last week. I, 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 I At some point – if everything is always the biggest, you're going to take away from something that actually is going to be the biggest thing. You know, because it's like crying wolf. You know, if, I, if I'm if i always lying about something, and not to say that it's lying, but I'm pretty sure that's not the biggest moment in AEW history. So, like, if you're constantly calling something the greatest and the biggest, and Derek, it's just at some point people stop paying attention when the real thing comes along. And it's, it's How you funny doing? saying that because oh, I'm doing great. How's everybody doing? <laughs> good, um, good, good, good. Um, it's funny you mentioned that because I didn't watch Raw. I didn't watch most of Raw, but I saw the Edge Miz promo. And mm-hmm. as soon as I watched it, I thought, uh oh, everybody's going to compare it <laughs> to the CM Punk MJF thing. And right. when the MJF punk, punk thing happened, I was like, okay, that was good. Um, I didn't think it was as great as everybody else thought it was, I guess. But um, but you're right. Every time something happens in AEW, it's this is the greatest moment. This is the greatest moment. It reminds me of WCW where you would turn on the Nitro 
and Tony Schiavone, like, this is the biggest night of our industry. And I was like, well, you just said that last yeah. week. So, so yeah. Yeah. It's happened. always getting bigger, brother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, and, yeah, I've seen some people go, oh, this is the best promo, you know, in AEW history, and, you know, Punk is the best talker in, the, in, in, in wrestling and blah, blah, blah. But I've heard them say this a million times. When Cody Rose cut that passionate promo, which seems like forever ago, they told me that was the best promo ever. Um, yeah. When yeah. John Mosley beat Jericho, that was the greatest moment in AEW history. When Sammy Guevara beat Merrill, that was the greatest moment in, in AEW history. It's always something. Um, to the point where... I remember when they were their ratings were getting pretty bad, and Tony Khan would take to Twitter and be like, "Tonight, if you're a wrestling fan and you love wrestling or you fell out of love with wrestling, tune in to you know Rampage or tune in to Dynamite tonight. It's going to be one of the right, greatest right. shows you've ever seen." It's like, all right, like now you're in circus man selling mode now, and <laughs> I don't know, I don't know if they're doing this because the audience isn't. It isn't where they think it should be. Um, I think they're doing like nine hundred thousand a week, and I think Rampage right. does maybe three hundred between four hundred and three hundred thousand. So maybe that audience isn't matching their expectations. Because look, all these guys are bringing right. in. At some point, you have to look at your audience and you have to go, "Uh oh, it doesn't matter who we sign." It's not changing yeah. anything. And I remember like, Eric Bischoff said that today. He goes, you know, you got to be careful bringing all these wrestlers in. But over the next couple of months, it seems like they expect Bray to be there and Kevin Owens and, you know, Keith Lee and Kyle O'Reilly. Who's going to move the needle? I, and here's my thing. I, and and I'm not saying that the growth potential isn't there because I think they have a good show. Um, I just think that – they need to stop worrying so much about the numbers and just worry about the mm-hmm. product. And they're clearly becoming mm-hmm. fixated on the numbers. And, and when WWE, WWE used to do that, it was a, a terrible formula for success. Uh, the only ones I ever saw that were fixated on the numbers and continued to, to, to thrive were WCW in their heyday, like 96, you know, yeah. 95, 96, 97. Uh, they're the only ones I've ever seen where that was the case. Uh, usually... Worry about the product, and the numbers will come, not the other way around. I also found it interesting, and I don't know how much you guys remember from back in the day, uh, but when Vince McMahon was on commentary for his own product, you know, he only called his show the greatest once a year. It was at WrestleMania. It was the only time that he ever called anything the greatest, the spectacle, the whatever. You know, he didn't use that. The rest of the year, primetime wrestling, Raw, whatever. Um, everything was good. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, he just didn't use that kind of verbiage when he was talking about anything but WrestleMania. And it's because you're not supposed to. Right. Mm-hmm. When, you're, yeah. when, you're, when you're calling something, when you're on the call for something, and Brady, you and I both actually do this, like outside of this show, like you know that you you don't just sit there and immediately hype. It's the Gus Johnson criticism that not everything can be heart attack inducing. Right. You know, <laughs> not not everything can be just the single greatest play in history. Sometimes things just happen, and it's okay to call them as such, and then let the audience breathe and decide for themselves if it was memorable or not. 
Good point. Now, Steve, you hear all that, and you think I'm probably trashing AEW. I'm not. I think the potential's there. I do. I just think that they need to worry more about, like, just continuing these compelling storylines and fresh matches. Well, so, I, that, I think that's where I'm at. That was a good segment. It's just no. a little too long, but I, I enjoyed it. No, I just I my mind's on independent wrestling right now. I was um, at a show on okay. Sunday, Next Generation Wrestling, and that was pretty fun in the uh, Richmond area. Hope, uh, okay, yeah, I, I mean other back, than yeah. okay, I I haven't. I mean other than ECWA, I haven't been to an independent show in forever. It's been a long time, like since I've just gone and sat in the crowd, you know. Um, we were talking tonight about our favorite angles of all time, and Stro actually, Derek, he broke my heart. Stro broke my heart today. He, uh, mm-hmm. he it, it, it's like he told me Santa Claus didn't exist. Mm-hmm. We we're talking about our favorite wrestling angles, and and I mentioned uh, when earthquakes. So many of my great memories are tied in with earthquakes sitting on things, whether it's. Hulk Hogan or Jake the Snake Snake, whatever, whatever the case may be, the big boss man, Tugboat, they, they made the snake burgers. Stro told me today on the show, mm-hmm. November 30th, approximately 820, <laughs> no, uh, 9.25 Eastern Time approximately, Stro ruined my childhood by telling me that Jake Roberts had a snake in every town. <laughs> I thought he brought that bag in the airport with him. Didn't I? I did. I, I thought like how wrestlers carry title belts. I thought for sure. That there, how many Damians were there? I, I thought there was one. I thought he got sick, that's and that's why he had to get the Cobra in well, instead. Well, there were times he could bring the same snake, though. I mean, it wasn't like all the time thing. Okay. Like every now and then, when he couldn't like bring the snake with him due to different reasons, they would have a. Another snake to use. They did have another one. Okay, so it was more like the Olsen twins. Yeah. Okay. I like the idea that maybe maybe there was some sort of snake temp service, and when he couldn't get the real Damien, he couldn't get the real Damien out of the place. And and they put somebody just preposterous to do this. Like, they put Jesse Ventura on it, and he's got to call up. He's got to call up every snake temp agency in the area. Yeah, yeah. He's a boa constrictor immediately. <laughs> and then Stro, and then Stro was telling this story about how one time in one of the towns, uh, they had a they, they came with the box with a snake in it, and Jake opened it up, and the snake was too heavy for Jake to hold it on his shoulders. It was just too big. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> when, when he told me that story, I lost it. Oh my god. That's funny. Uh, I will tell you, Steve, did you uh, have Jake? Go ahead. Jake hates snakes. I think that's. What? I think that's understandable. Does he, he really? Snakes. I never knew that. Oh yeah. He he's like, I got he bite said marks. It, but I thought he was trying snake. to be funny. Wow. Hey, here's that's another story for you. I, I gotta tell the story on the topic. Yeah. Um. Uh. I I was getting ready to uh, we'll go out the boat with him out in Texas, right? And uh, we're getting things together, like to do some fishing out there, and. Uh, he sees this green snake, right, this garden snake, and freaks out and starts, like, st- he had a hoe and just, like, shooting it away. And I'm, I'm, like, dying. You know, I'm, like, laughing so hard. Yeah. And... Uh-oh, you're, 
you're pixelating there. You're not coming through. Uh, Steve, did you have anything else? Am I there? Well, you were talking. Yeah, you're sorry, back. You were... You're back. Yeah, go ahead, sir. That story is hilarious when he's looking at the, the guards thing, man. I was just losing it. Yeah, oh, we, we, we lost you there. We we didn't hear that story. Oh, yeah. Well, well, he sees this garden snake, right? Yeah. He freaks out. He starts <laughs> chewing away with a hoe, right? And I, I'm yeah. like, I'm, I'm dying, you know. And, and tears rising. <laughs> He's the snake. You know, to take all those dangerous snakes, he's handled, and this little guard snake freaks them out. And you know, you you ruined my childhood telling me that tonight. But I I remember him on this show. I, we had him on a couple times, but the one time Steve, he was talking about um, his paranoia, Savage's paranoia, with the cobra bite, where Savage insisted mm-hmm. that Jake take the bite from the snake before he did, just to make sure that it was. Safe. Damn right. Good for you, Macho. Smart man. Stand up for yourself, man. Be a man. Be a man. Well, be a man. I'm only playing. Yeah. Jake be a man, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> you get bit. You get bit, brother. Steve, uh, you have to like, we, There should have been a John Cena Macho Man duet rap at some point. That would have been tremendous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That'd be a man album. I love it. Yep. And, and you got and you got to mute Max Caster for that. I don't have the heart for that one. On the that in and of itself, I don't know if that would be a great angle or not. I'm going to counter this one, but Macho Man becoming a rapper. Well, that was the one that Kevin brought up, uh, and I said that I think Slim Jim canceled that out at least. He had enough goodwill from Slim Jim; he could have done whatever he damn well pleased after that. Yeah, and, then he did the, uh, and then he did. Then he did Spider Man. That's right. And Bone you know what? Was ready. Bone saw was ready. Bone saw was ready. Bone saw was ready. Bone saw was ready. Hey, hey, speaking oh, of hey, speaking of uh, Bone saw, my friend, yeah, uh, my friend and I were at a Jake Roberts show, and she actually did Bone saw in front of Jake Roberts. It was funny. Mm. On like <laughs> on the stage with the microphone, because Mickey James put her up to it. Um, yeah, uh, on the topic, uh, Bugsy McGraw and Joe LaDuke, if we're talking crazy wrestlers, like, those two need to be mentioned more. Yes. Yeah, yeah Derek, and, we're uh, also talking crazy wrestlers. Uh, mine was Sid, and, and uh, Ray's was favorite, Bob Backlund. Favorite angles? Sorry, go ahead. I think that don't, favorite angles that don't get mentioned a lot enough are Eddie turning on Ray when he, you know, ripped the mask and gave him the brain buster and the steel steps and the promo after was great. And then... um uh, I know Jim Cornette's talked about it, but Ox Baker and Ernie Lass, the riot that they caused, like those. Okay. Those moments right. are pretty significant. Oh, I got my favorite. I, had That's to cool. I got mine. See, Steve's a man after my heart. You know, yeah. Bringing, bringing up Ox Baker just like Se- I did. Second Ox Baker reference tonight, by the way. Good old Ox. I think. Oh. Uh, Steve, did <laughs> you have anything else? Because we're going to. Yeah, um, Good. check out. Check out Next Generation Wrestling Tennessee and United Elite Wrestling from uh, Richmond, Virginia. And thanks for having me on. Talk okay. About wrestling. No, th- thank you, thank you, Steve. And we'll talk to you real soon, hopefully. I, I had one. Um, I, I got to throw Uncle it. Terry Funk out there, man. Terry Dude, Funk, man. that's oh. good old man. That's a guy. That's a guy who's not quite right. He's middle oh, aged. I know that. I remember there was a match one time. And I don't know, uh, 
He had a, a Brandon Iron, and I think it, it caught like the ring apron on fire because he lit the Brandon Iron on fire. <laughs> right. Oh my god. And, and before the match, I think it was with Dusty, and he's like, he does a <clears throat> promo on Dusty, right? And where he says, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if I do, I'll do Terry best I can. He's like, you know, I respect everyone in this business. I even respect that banana nose Ric Flair. But I've always hated you, Dusty Rhodes. You big fat whale, and I see Dusty in the in the corner just like covering his face with the loser laugh the whole time. Because uh, the promoter made the mistake of getting Terry Funk the microphone before the match started. Yeah, here we go. I don't Little think that's mistake. I think that is exactly the decision that I want someone to make. You know, another one that that maybe kind of goes along with that, like a dude that you don't initially think of, but you look at what they did and, and how they talked, and God, they're not on there. I'll tell you, anybody whose vision is as bad as Stan Hansen's is, and then says, you know what I'm going to do? Just I'm going to clothesline people as hard as I can, even though I can't really see where they are or what I'm doing. Oh, yeah, he's half blind. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nuts. <laughs> I'm going to get the kind he did to Larry on Lex Luger. I think it's Halloween Havoc. Or so, and and Luger literally became cross-eyed. <laughs> he, didn't, oh. he didn't take a, a regular fall bump. He just like landed yeah. on the butt. That's enough to knock you cross-eyed. He, he knocked him so hard, which is hilarious. Crazy, <laughs> crazy, uh, absolutely crazy. Derek, you got a favorite moment? Uh, yeah, I, I actually got a favorite moment and a crazy person. My favorite angle, um. And it took a lot of balls to do at the time, in hindsight. When they turned the Rock heel at Survivor Series, when he became, like, corporate Rock, and for, like, the first, those those two months leading up to Survivor Series, he was, like, the biggest face on the show, not named Stone Cold. And yeah. for them to turn him in that night, and for everybody to be pissed off, and you went from having two monster baby faces in him in Austin to having a monster baby face in Austin, a mega hill in Vince McMahon and a monster hill in The Rock to go against the babyface Austin. And I don't think a lot of people would book that today. I think if that was the day, they would just keep The Rock as a babyface. And they'd build somebody and, and up not, to be like the, the big bad guy. Yeah, and and not only that, um, I, and, I, and I, I I watched that show with Matt Grimm and a couple of DJ, I think, was there. A couple of us were, were sitting around in college watching this match. And uh, I remember saying that um, they had one star going into that match, one megastar. Well, two if you count The Undertaker. But really, I just meant Stone Cold Steve Austin was like the man in WWE. Mm -hmm. And coming out of that night, they had a one, a 1A, and they had a two because they made Mick Foley that night as well, the the sympathetic baby face with with everything that happened. Um, That was when he took off too. Yeah. And it was almost too good because then, like, for the next seven Survivor Series, they would do the whole we screwed you thing. But that was great. And it, you, you, you were you were upset because The Rock betrayed you. You felt bad when when Mick Foley's dressed up and he looks at Vince. He's like, Dad, I don't understand what's going on. It's like, oh, it was so, it was so great. <laughs> it was really good. That was a great one. And, great memory. Uh, my crazy – and my crazy person, uh, 
is a guy I don't think a lot of people tend to think is crazy, but if you look back at some of the stuff he's done, he's a nut. Kurt Angle is crazy. Like, he's just like, if there's a story where he tells the story of him and, I think it was him versus Benoit in a cage match. And the winner of the cage yeah. match got a title shot against Steve Austin. And Steve Austin's ringside and he's watching the match. And Kurt Angle goes, me and Benoit wanted to put on a great match. So they're jumping. Benoit's doing headbutts off the cages. Kurt's doing backflips off the top of the cage and hitting nothing. Yep, and he goes, yep. I look at Steve. And he's like, you look at Steve Austin and you can see it on his face. I'm not working with either of these crazy bastards. They're crazy. Right. And, and, and I remember Steve yeah, and crazy. Going, going, God damn it. Like, he, he's losing his mind. And then Kurt goes to TNA where he's not wrestling in front of that many people. And he's doing moonsaults off the top of the cage in front of, like, 300 people in Tennessee. <laughs> and it's like, Kurt, this isn't WrestleMania mm-hmm. in front of millions and millions right. of people. But yeah. Yeah, Kurt, Kurt was a madman. He, he was a nut. He he really was. And and I think if his body allowed it, he still would be. I really yeah. do. Um, the, the, the one that always comes to mind for me, Derek... Uh, was Shane McMahon at that King of the Ring when they had the, the oh. worked glass and oh. it wouldn't break? And he kept like he kept like um, doing like the the German. I think it was a German suplex. Well, I, I think he kept suplexing Shane into this glass just to try and get it to break. Oh, oh that was so bad. And his and, head was banging he, off it, and his head was hitting oh. the ground, and he picking it up and trying it again. And then he just got he just got so mad he just grabbed Shane by his head and threw him through it head first. <laughs> right, like, God damn right. It. And I was like, oh, that was that you know, was oh. crazy. That was crazy. Yeah, that that was uh that was insane. Uh, let's go to oh, oh boy, that wasn't a reflection oh. of you, Justin. It's just uh, just a lot of callers on. What, what's going on, <laughs> Justin? How you doing tonight, brother? I'm doing good. I can't, I can't good, 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 good. Well, tonight we're talking the... about uh, favorite wrestling moments. Do you, do you have a favorite wrestling moment? We're trying to go oh, by the I book like... here. We're trying to keep things moving. Oh, I like. Uh, I would say I like. I like. I like. I like just about any any uh, any moment with uh, the Rock and Stone Cold. Those guys. Those guys were that. I mean, they were. That was my what? favorite. Like all the segments that they. They did together. What about, what about, and here I am, Derek. I'm blasting MJF and CM Punk and AEW for doing 20 minutes on a two-hour show, uh, just talking to each other. And uh, I, I seem to remember Stone Cold and The Rock singing karaoke with each other for at least 35 minutes of a show. Didn't they sing like Margaritaville? They said they sung something. They were singing Margaritaville. Yeah, he's like, yeah. It was something. <laughs> My 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 my. There's another segment. It's, there's, there's it's another segment I like. Fault. <laughs> there's another segment I, I like. Too. I want to say. I remember uh, not to cut you off there, Justin, but like I remember oh, too, yeah, like because yeah. they had like their little like like they would act like they would do each other's catchphrases. Do you? Re- this was how good they yeah. were. Like they could just goof around. Like The Rock, he's just like Stone Cold starts talking, and The Rock just starts going like what. What? Yeah, like, what? <laughs> what? And then and then and then Stone Cold grabs a microphone and he goes Yaki Yaki Yaki. <laughs> 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 so stupid. It's so dumb, but they were so good at it that like 
like that 20 minutes with MJF and, and, and CM Punk, I enjoy them both on the microphone, but that's about at least an hour and a half long. Whereas, like, yeah. the 35 minutes or whatever it was with Stone Cold and The Rock, like, that was, like, that was something I watched with Kelly, and it, it just it just flowed. Yeah. It was yeah. so good. I, I was thinking this about Punk and uh, MJF. Um, if Punk beats MJF, does that help him in any type of way? Like, has, has this feud helped him in any type of way if, he, if Punk beats no, him? Like, I think... he beat Darby Allin? MJF's got to win that, don't you think? I would think so. I would hope so. I think you're wrong. That's what I was looking to get ready to say. Yeah, they they made it clear that he's taken that path to the title. In fact, I wouldn't be shocked if he was the one that beats Adam Page. See, yeah, it's got to be either him or Cole, right? Like, you got to start. I saw Tony Khan on set because people were like, Saying he was booking Adam Cole the wrong way, and he got offended by that. But right. I, I figure they're the they're the two. Well, I, yeah, I think and Adam Cole will be in a better spot now that Kenny Omega's hurt because that can be his group. Yeah, that's true. And that's and true. although yeah, and no, and then there's a, the logical feud when he comes back. That is the other thing too, is, and this is look really talented guy. Love him to death. But because he's so talented and because he's so interesting just in and of himself and because of who he is and how he is just so good at everything else, I don't want MJF around the title. He doesn't need mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Right. He doesn't need it, and he can make everyone else around him better without having the belt be part of the angle. That's fine as he long as he doesn't be- lose. I don't want him to lose. No, I don't. I don't need him to lose either. He needs yeah. to win because that takes it away from it if you do. Yeah. No, he. No, I agree. Should, I agree. He should be. Sorry. He should have a fight with CM Punk and he should win. Yes. Yes. With the side headlock. Oh yeah. <laughs> Takeover. Yeah. Takedown. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Justin, I really enjoy letting you talk there. Uh, do you have anything else? Oh yeah. I would say another segment I like. I, I I like, but I, I wouldn't say it was my favorite. Was uh, it's not my favorite, but it just came on my mind when you mentioned. Well, we're doing favorite moments. But yeah, I would okay, say. Okay, go uh, ahead. Go ahead. It was uh, CM Punk and uh, Triple H when CM Punk was like, "Hey, Hunter, can I be?" Uh, it was he asked him, "Hey, can I wear your jacket and do the commentary or whatever the whatever it was?" And uh, they were like, "Yeah, go ahead." I think that was like the. I, what are you talking about? I don't remember that. You don't remember that when it was supposedly no. The, uh, triple, so uh, CM Punk H. asked to wear Triple H's jacket, and Triple H said yes, yes. and that's a memorable yes. moment. Yes. No, he asked if he could be. Remember when everybody if he could be if he could wear if he could wear the blazer and uh, call commentary. Yeah, remember no, when everybody I, like walked I don't really walked out. Hey Brady, can that, I wear uh, your cool uh, yeah. white polo? Absolutely. <laughs> what were you saying there? No, I was saying it was when, um, yeah. it's when, all right, it's so complicated. I, I hate that I remember this. All right, so remember when they had the cage match and the Miz and R-Truth turned heel and they interfered in the cage match and they got arrested? Remember they that whole arrested? big thing? That, I, yeah, I remember, remember the cage match. I don't remember them getting arrested. Yeah, and they arrest R-Truth, and as they were walking out, R-Truth was screaming Attica. 
But um, <laughs> but the, the next <laughs> night in the world. Was that Little Jimmy? Was that Little Jimmy time? I think this was right before Little Jimmy. Right before but, Little um, Jimmy? Okay. All the wrestlers walked out, and it was just Triple H did commentary. Our thing, Triple H did, Triple H was the ref. Cena Park did commentary, and somebody had a match. And, you know, Triple H was like, you want to do commentary? And Cena Park was like, yeah, but can I wear your jacket? And he was like, yeah. And uh, that was the, that was, I hate that I remember that. I, that was the that's <laughs> crazy. That was the strike they had when all their wrestlers yeah. went on strike. Really? Yeah. I don't remember a strike. <laughs> I, 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 oh my God! Yeah, thank you for the context, guys. Um, because for the life of me, I don't remember CM Punk wearing Triple H's clothes as a highlight. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't. But thank you for that, Justin. Did you have a favorite crazy person? Please tell me it's Triple H for favorite. that in his jacket. Uh, favorite crazy person. Uh, I would say I would say Brock Lesnar when he, when he goes off on everybody. It's like before before they have like a big build up, he just goes out to the ring, suplexes the suplexes the other guys, and throws them all remember around. He is a crazy remember person. When he a, remember when he's he took the car door and threw it in the crowd and hit a child. Remember that when he tore the car apart? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I shouldn't laugh at that, but I don't remember that at all. <laughs> That really happened? Yeah, I think it was like when he was feuding with Seth and they brought in uh what was what was Seth guy's name? James A Security, they brought Seth like a car and Brock came out and like ripped the door off and threw the door into the car. Yeah, he destroyed the car. I, and he hit a I vaguely remember that. I vaguely remember that. I, I was thinking I it had something to do with like I was thinking it had something to do with like um what was uh, JTG and Shad Gaspard? But I think I'm mixing memories. I think that was something with Cena destroying, like, JBL's car. Yeah, they destroyed his limo. Yeah. No! Crime Time, that was the team's name. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember, Chuck. Well, I don't, I don't it's all history anyway. Yeah. Sometimes I guess well, it's good. Thanks for calling. Thanks for calling. Sometimes in. I guess it's good to forget. Yeah. Well, I, I think in WWE's case, it's good to forget. So, that's uh, left forgotten, as they say. But there were good memories. There, there were good moments. I just now I don't remember CM Punk wearing Triple H's clothes. I, I don't remember that one. I, I was probably asleep when it, honestly, because I used to sleep through yeah. Raw a lot back then. Because I was watching time. it like middle of the night, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, like it's I, I remember. because that, that was when I around like I was using the DVR obviously, and like I I would just like try and get through it that night, so I woke up in the morning and I and I knew what I had seen. Like there was one I remember. This is like the mid two thousands, right? Right around when mm-hmm. John Cena won the U.S. belt mm-hmm. on SmackDown, and I remember. Mm-hmm. You know how sometimes when you're half asleep, you remember stuff, but you don't. You you probably don't remember it correctly. Like you hear a line in a TV show or something, and and you have something else going on in your head. Well, I saw John Cena with a belt that spun around, like a spiral, <laughs> and I thought, "Damn, I'm dreaming." And like I I snapped I, I snapped out of it, and, and I and I hit rewound, and I I couldn't believe 
that he actually did. Because I thought that was something that I was just dreaming. Because it was like the middle of the night, and I was like, that is so stupid. That is so dumb. One of the worst things ever, I would say. Horrible. Horrible. And and worse, like, because they're destroying the lineage of these titles. Like, that WWE spinner belt, even when Cena didn't have it, that stayed with, like, everybody for years. I want to say that was around for, like, eight, nine years. It was. It was. Brady, let's clear the phone lines and do some quick hits. That sounds good. Let, let's do that because it's getting late. Uh, let's go to uh, Tor has been waiting a while. Hey, it's Wyatt. Hey, How guys. you doing, Tora? Hey, girl. I'm doing what's great. going on? Yeah, you like a little something, something tonight or what? You getting in trouble? I'm drinking. I'm drinking. Well, of course you're drinking. I mean, obviously. What are you drinking? Pop off. Pop off? Yeah. What's that? Pop off, P-O-P, Bill. Uh, I'm, I'm not familiar. I'll have to look it up. Do you have a favorite crazy person in wrestling? Yes. Um... Titus O'Neill. Okay, yeah, he's pretty crazy. When he got the Spinnerosa by Cesaro. Spinnerosa. I remember that. What uh, you call Spinnerosa? Yeah. Yeah. I I thought you were going to say when he dressed up like a pirate and came out with Hulk Hogan. Oh, Jesus. Uh-uh. Not that one. No. Of course not. Hi, Jerry. Well, he tripped and fell under the ring for the Royal Rumble. Hi, Jerry. Oh, yeah. He fell underneath the ring. That was crazy. It was crazy. But that was WWE that was crazy, not him. Apparently, I guess it was on, I guess he did it by accident, but then they proceeded to, like, make it a thing for, like, two years. Yeah. That was up there with Natalia farting. Remember when Natalia used to fart everywhere she went? <laughs> She yeah, like, she feels like the squad's like. Mm. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, she had a, she had a problem with uh, UTI. Yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, I don't know about that, but I don't know about that. Uh, Tori, do you have a favorite wrestling moment? Jesus Christ! <laughs> Darren, why do you keep on saying Jesus Christ for? I just love him so much. I just want to say his name. I love him so much. Um, <laughs> Don't forget his middle um, name. I'm only kidding. I'm only I would kidding. say probably Randy Orton. Randy Orton is your favorite wrestling angle? Yeah. yeah. Just, just his, his birth and his conception and birth up to the present day is Tora's favorite wrestling angle. You know, I guarantee you if they did a WWE documentary that was just like Cowboy Bob Orton and his wife when Randy was born, I guarantee you it would get views. Probably more than Rampage. I would watch it. No, what the hell? Do you think you were born with a doctor? Yeah, do you, Tori, do you think he was born with all those tattoos? Yeah. I'm thinking at least the arm sleeve, right? 
Yeah. No, you remember? Now I've been a wrestling fan long enough to know that he used to just have like that, like Goldberg, like barbed wire thing around him. You know? Right, right, right. That's all he had was like the one like arm sleeve. But yeah, no, he was actually born with that. And, and you know what? That's why we feel bad for him because like it wasn't actually tattoos; it was a deformity. He was born with skull tattoos on his arms. Yeah. Wait, yeah, I want to know something now. No, no wonder he's putting poop in people's bags. I'd be pretty miserable, too. Yeah, I want to know something. <laughs> yeah, I want to learn something from you. Go ahead. My niece's birthday is December 31st. She'll be turning uh, well, four years old. Me. She's turning four or 40? 40. Four. Forty. Four. Okay. No, I well, say remind four. Remind me when we get closer. I said four. Remind me when we get closer. I'll wish her a happy birthday, but we're going to let you go tour back into the world from whence you came. Okay. Thank you. All right. Lo- love you. Love you, too. All right. Bye. All right. Let's go to uh, Rat Boy. What's going on, oh. Rat Boy? Rat Boy, we're... We're oh man, hang on for a minute. Let me take. I know you. Hang on. You, you're. Hang on. You're ready to qualify. Take my ass playing my sweet potato pie here. Come on now. I got my sweet potato pie here. You know. Then you're looking good and all that other stuff. And I tell you what. I tell you what. Soon as I eat this, I'm on my way out the door again, and I'm going right to the park casino to gamble for a little bit, in a little bit. Okay. But Not even the favorite moment I that I got. The favorite moment okay. that I got. Mhm. The favorite when moment Liz that you Morgan, got. When Liz Morgan, Liz Morgan came out to the ring. Right. Yeah. Ruined. Recent memory. Rufus and Anna's wedding. Oh, yes. With the cake. There we go. Would you say she roofied who? <laughs> Rufus and Anna's wedding. Rufus. 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 A big Rufus, 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 like Shaka Khan and Rufus? That, that was a good one, too. You're, you're just fighting off tour. Shaka Khan, yeah. You, you reminded me of a really good one, though, though Rat Boy, uh, and I don't know who was around watching it during the Attitude Era, but at Armageddon, uh, 1999, the last pay-per-view of the year, uh, they actually had a, a swim pool match where Stacey Carter won the belt, and she threw up her top, and, and she flashed the crowd. I was at Hooters watching it with my friends. And uh, it was an amazing, it was an amazing moment. It, it felt like where we finally turned the corner, where wrestling was merging with pornography. And and I didn't know Stacy at the time. Obviously, like she's a sweetheart. Uh, but really, the memorable moment was next month at the Royal Rumble. They played off that angle by having Mula oh, flash, no. uh, May uh, Young flash everybody uh, with the prosthetic uh, breast, uh, and they they hung uh, down to her knees. It was the funniest thing. Uh, that was a it's moment. About next, about next month. You guys that's, when that's, when, that's when Jerry Lola said that she, uh, her boobs gave out powdered milk. <laughs> yeah. When you said, yeah. when you said next she month, is wrong with Brady. <laughs> he said your puppies are too droopy. <laughs> uh, Brady, Brady, you, when you Go say ahead. next uh, month, okay. next month, 
Stacy Carter will be right here in Philadelphia at the arena. At the For what? Next icons? Discussion. Huh? For icons? Yep. yep. Okay. When is that? I think that's the 18th. I want to go. 18th or 19th? Of December. 19th yep. is a Sunday. It's probably the 18th. The 18th. Okay. I, I'm going to try and go. I probably won't make it. And the favorite crazy character I got, number one off my list, got the Ark Truth. I love the guy. I love the way he acts. <laughs> he is funny. He is. He is funny. I think that's the funniest guy that got, got, got on the show right now. Him. Yeah. Uh, Rat Boy, how was uh, was your Thanksgiving good? Your family good? Everybody good? Oh, I should have oh, wished that. Thanksgiving. I should have said this to everybody. Yeah. Thank. Okay. I took my mom and dad out because I won a thousand dollars down in Epic City. Okay. Oh, okay. Cool. I took my mom and dad out on Thursday for Thanksgiving. Was it real money or funny money? No, real money. Rat money. <laughs> And and we went to the Golden Corral. We went to the Golden Corral right there on Street Road in Philadelphia. We were eating. Some guy comes up, put fifty dollars on, on my table, says, "Here, this is for you guys for dinner." Mm-hmm. I said, "I'm mm-hmm. like, wow, fifty dollars, you know? We got the free dinner." At was Golden the name Corral. Was the name Ted DiBiase? I like that. No. It was some, some Spanish dude, you know, he's on really uh, healthy and wealthy, like all this money. Was it Virgil? No. It was a Spanish guy. Who was, was going around? No, Tim, you were going around for Thanksgiving. Was it Kenny Bowen? Yeah. Was it Kenny Bowen? No, all you could eat, man. It's all you could eat. All the stuff in order to make it. I like Golden Corral. I like Golden Corral. I go with my parents sometimes. It's good. Okay, but just like I, no, no, just make Thanksgiving dinner at home like a normal person. Stop making it okay to go out on a day when you are not supposed to go out. I don't care. I mean, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, it's Thanksgiving, right? There's nothing open except for restaurants. All the stores are closed. You can't go out and buy buy anything until the next day. Buy it ahead of time. You know. the weeks leading up to it. <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah. God, I don't know how. I, see, see, the problem is that Rapley actually lives in Germany, and so he has to do his grocery shopping each day. <laughs> Rationing. I, 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 go, anyway. I go grocery shopping every day. I'm shopping every day now. I got you, brother. Well, I'm about to tap out. I, I'm going to submit to the shooter. Uh, thank you, Ratboy. It was... Uh, Anytime, and make you, sure you eat that sweet potato pie that I'll be sending you guys. Get off the damn line. Get off the damn line. Let's make it next. Let's make it next Tuesday, not before. All right. All uh, right. You know, I'm gonna be sending everybody a sweet potato pie by the rat boy. Rat boy made All right. All right. The rat sweet Love potato you, pie. Love you, brother. All right, rat All right. So, uh, do some quick hits. Get out of here soon. Mm-hmm. It'll be quick. Yeah. So the the Undertaker this week, he listed his uh, Mount Rushmore of wrestling. I don't know if you guys saw this, uh, but it was uh, Andre the Giant, St- 
Stone Cold, The Rock, and Shawn Michaels, of all people, is the fourth. Uh, I found Ooh. I found it funny. Um, not Bret Hart. Um, I, I, honestly, I probably would have had Hulk Hogan in that spot uh, just because of the significance to the company. But it's 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 a crazy thing because basically you've got about six or seven that deserve to be there, and there's only four spots. Uh, but I would not have used Shawn Michaels for one of those spots. Nope. Just my uh, that is that is. Uh, I, I guess it's nice to learn that Undertaker did not watch wrestling before 1984. That's good for him. <laughs> um, he was too busy living it. I uh, I had a very different. I had a very different list come into my head than he did, and I will leave it at that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But I, that is essentially my list, but I wouldn't have put Sean on there. Well, let's say, let's, save that for, let's save that for a topic next week. That'll be my topic, our wrestling Mount Rushmore. Uh, that, that's such a hard one, but definitely, yeah, definitely. So The Undertaker really went crazy this week with interviews and stuff like that. Uh, and and not um, not for nothing, I know this is a fictional story, but I, I thought it was amazing. Um, <laughs> Kayfabe News, our, our good friend uh, uh, Colin Hunter, he, uh, he, he so he posts yeah, – I don't know. You guys remember Kayfabe News, right? This, this is like the, mm-hmm. uh, the onion for wrestling, right? It's gotten so big in recent years to the point where, like, I don't even feel like I could book him as a guest anymore. Uh, I'll have to see because he was great. Uh, But he put up a a story today about how WWE, because profits were so high, they're cutting costs. Um, They're introducing a triangle-shaped ring. And he had a picture (laughs) of it and everything. It it was like a Photoshop, like, TNA deal kind of with the WWF logo, and it was a triangle. It was amazing. It was just you know, just like uh, a pizza. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, you know, a slice of pizza, but a perfect triangle. You know, speaking of Taker, did you see where he said there'll never be another Andre, but he feels like Omos has some of that aura that Andre had and he wants to help him become that? Did you see when he said that? You really, I, I didn't, no. And I, I thought he had more like great Kali vibes personally. Oh, how dare you. Or like Kurgan. Yeah, he could, That's what he reminds he me of is Kurgan. Kurgan. He's a oh, he's, he's, he can move better than those two guys. <laughs> I would think so. I would think so. Um yeah, that's that's really about it. I, I saw um the Scotty Too Hotty Esper is released from WWE last week and a lot of people were wondering why. Apparently he wants to come back. He, he's he's looking to do indie dates as a wrestler again. So um, mm-hmm. good to him. I wonder if part of him doesn't wonder if AEW would use him or or Impact. There's a lot you, of opportunities you know. out there right now. You know. Yeah. By the way, did you see did you see the report today that said last week 48,000 people watched Impact? How are they still alive? 48,000 people. Wow. I remember they used to do those pay-per-views where they said, like, oh, they had, like, 4,000 buys. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. That's terrible. But speaking of impact, they, they, they um, <laughs> I didn't watch, I, so I, I, I'm a little behind on it just because I'm behind on wrestling. 
but I watched like the November 18th or 19th episode or whatever it was, uh, two weeks ago basically, and they they did the supernatural angle. Mm-hmm. With the have any of you guys watched this? No. It no was sir, like no, no, it was it was amazing, I, amazingly, just in it. I mean it. It wasn't as entertaining as it should have been or could have been, but it was like such a weird concept. So, so basically, um, the members of Decay. Uh, so I guess it's um, it's Crazy Steve, it's um, the the bull guy, Black Tarus, mm-hmm. and I forget the girl's name. That uh, I, Rosemary, Rosemary, right? And and having and time. So 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 uh-huh. Rosemary puts a curse on a select portion of the Impact roster. And they all disappear in this house, like a reality TV show, where they're stuck there. And they're only allowed to leave when they teleport out for a match. And the match is done with the roster standing around the ring watching them. And then they come right back to the house, and it's, it's set like a reality TV show. And the premise was they were stuck there. Until Johnny Swinger was happy again because they closed his his pirate casino. Jesus Christ. So he's walking around moping and drinking and he's just calling everybody daddy and he's just not happy. He's just (laughs) truly not happy. And they did this over the course of two hours. The entire show is just set in this house where like randomly two people would start arguing and then they challenged to a match and they would teleport to the ring to have this match and then teleport back to the house. This was two hours. <laughs> like, I can see what it This was what two hours. And it ended with the wedding. It, it, it ended with the wedding where Swinger was going to marry one of his swingettes. And then at the last minute, like, I, I don't know, the one guy said, oh, I'm not a virgin because I've been sleeping with the swingette. And they, those two ended up getting married. And, and Johnny Swinger was legitimately happy for them, and the curse was lifted, and thank God that episode of Impact ended. Yes. I remember felt like I was ex- cursed. Remember <laughs> how excited everybody was when the, the forbidden door was open and it was going to change wrestling as we know it? Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's no... Yeah. It, it really just means we can use New Japan guys when they want to. That's it. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Good old impact. But I, Vince, I, just buy it. Yeah. I, just buy it. I, okay, I, it. Yeah, but you know what? I'm I'm enjoying that they're doing something different. I am. Um, I hope that they continue to do creative stuff like this because it's so much different than anything else that's on TV. I just thought that was a little too long of a segment for a supernatural thing. Oh, and they also did a really funny thing with with Crazy Steve. Because uh, they had Chris Saban walking around without a shirt on in slow motion the whole time playing this sexy music while all the women were excited, right? So Crazy Steve, <laughs> at one point, they say something like, look at that, and Steve looks in the wrong direction. And Rosemary takes him and turns him so he's looking the right way. <laughs> so he's blind in real life. <laughs> he's like legally blind. But I just thought it was hilarious that they played off that in such a subtle way. I, 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 you know what? I, I reward, I, I, yeah, I, I applaud uh, Impact Wrestling for trying something different. 
at a time yeah, when everybody true. just wants to do the same thing. I, I that's true. Like I said, the segment was long, but it was funny. That's, I was really looking for part of it to send you guys, but it isn't on YouTube yet. So that's why I love the original when uh, NWA came back because it was different than anything yeah. on TV, and I loved it so much. And yes. you know they've lost so much talent, but I enjoyed when they came back. Yeah. And it was really good. It just felt like an 80s show. So, and, yeah, so um, if you can, look up different stuff. You know, that's why um, Lucha Underground was so good, you know. Yeah. I didn't mm-hmm. even watch it, and all I heard about how was how good it was, you know. I, yeah. And most of it was set in Spanish, and I, you know, I just, it was really good. So, anyway, uh, that's it, I think. I, I think that's about it. Um, uh, Derek, did you have anything you wanted to plug on the way out? Um, no, I hope everybody enjoyed their holiday. Um, I'm happy to be back. Um, I'm looking for, hopefully, the, the Christmas episode I can get drunk. I've been looking forward to that yes. for a while. You think and, you'll have, video, you think you'll have <laughs> your video going by then? I will. I, I'll have video. That would be amazing. That would be and, amazing. Because um, we've never I done the drunken a, video. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and I want And I want to send a... Uh, a shout out to Big Swole, who announced she's not resigning with AEW. So hopefully she finds. Her I did see can, that. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully she can go somewhere and she can get a chance to perform. But I think it's just the beginning of a lot of those people like her starting to leave the company. I think. Excuse me. She'll go to WWE. Isn't her husband is Cedric? I think. Yeah. So I figured she'd end up there probably. Yeah. Mm. So another couple reunited. See that? Uh, Ray, did you have anything you wanted to plug? As usual, no. Thank you so much for listening, both to this segment and the previous one. And make sure that you check out all of Papa Stroh's adventures over the course of the next week. Papa Stroh's adventures. Uh, Stroh, before I kick it to you, I just want to remind everybody to go on YouTube and check out The Devil's Daughter, Stroh's movie, uh, with the origin story of Harley Quinn. It's amazing, and it's up for a bunch of uh, independent movie awards, so... Please go check it out. It's it's very 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 well done. Uh, I I applaud our Doctor Arkham for his uh, for his fine work. Oh, thank thank you. So yeah, much. It, it was an honor. You know, great cast and crew. Cool. To be a part of. Cool. And it was very good. Uh, what do you got going on this week, man? Well, WWS on Thursday night, uh, 19 Eastern Standard Time. We're going to be uh, creating our own. Uh oh. We lose him? Well, he's picked. There you go, try it again. I'm just going to do it for you. Thursday night, WWE Retro will be creating our own Starcade cards for past and present. So if you'd like to just call in and create your own Starcade show, uh, please tune in. And this Friday night, Mahara 5 Stars show, The Stro Zone, at midnight Eastern Standard Time. At facebook.com slash show the maestro. The feature will be the house on Haunted Hill. Sorry, Vincent Price. Please tune in. Very cool. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in to In the Room this week, right here on the VOC Nation Wrestling Network. Be sure to check out all the great shows that are available on the network. Uh, we'll have some more this week. I know last week was kind of a light week with the holiday and everything. Uh, but we'll have some more shows going up real soon. So be sure to check everything out, vocnation.com and your favorite podcast platform. Thank you to everybody for tuning in. 
Thank you to all the callers. Thank you to the best crew I could ever ask for. Each and every one of you guys just helped me out so much from Kathy to, to Stro to Ray to Derek to Matt to uh, Kevin and Patrick. All you guys just contributing in all your little ways. I, I have little ways. I didn't mean to talk down to you. Uh, all you guys contributing in your huge ways. Thank you so much for everything. Everybody, take care. Be good to each other. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week. Love you all.